Don't we have to sign something for this? Coming to you live from the JRE Tobacco Aladino Mobile Studios, it's the Cigar Pulpit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another sermon from the Cigar Pulpit. I'm the Bishop of the Bird, Nick, and today... We have a couple of guests. We have Ken Clarich of Ash and Ale in Palm Coast, Florida. How you doing, Ken? Hi, guys. And then we have Trey. I'm great. I'm great. Because we also have Trey Mac Shipley of Aladino. How you doing, Trey? Beautiful, baby. Beautiful. So guys, we're going to warn you now. This is going to be a weird fucking show. We're going to take you on a trip. We're going to take you on a trip. We're going to take you on a trip to Honduras. Because these guys just got back from taking the farm tour, the Aladino farm tour, down in Honduras with the Aroa family. So, I I don't know any, I know like this much about your trip. So, we're going to get right. Size doesn't matter, Nick. Size doesn't matter. Hey, now. <laughs> you know, some, somebody once told me that it's not the size of the pencil, it's how you sign your name. But I said, you know, I have a jumbo crayon, so it doesn't matter. There you go. Right? I just I just wear a big D around my neck. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. Uh, anyway. That's what his head looks like. <laughs> he looks like Duff from Cake Boss. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Yeah. That's what we'll go with. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm swinging it back. I'm swinging it back. Uh, anyway, so it's time to go. I'm, I'm, look, what are you guys smoking? I'm smoking the Aladino uh, Connecticut. I'm starting off with that. I got the Robusto size. And uh, wonderful, nice, creamy Connecticut with that little hint of uh, uh, spice from the Corojo there. What have you guys got going? Trey? Uh, I'm going to bring out the Aladino Maduro 60 ring gauge. Ooh. Which is uh, a, so, it's a new release. Yep, new release. Uh, we'll be out at PCA, and we all had them on the trip. So Very, uh, very, very nice. Because it was so nice, I actually am bringing out the box press Toro Maduro. Ooh, nice. Okay, okay. So, well, it's time to cut the cigar, and the official cutting is brought to you by Dan the Man Ponder over there at Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And guys, I've said it once; I'll say it a thousand times. If you're in the St. Louis area, Dan the Man Ponder is your home of Aladino cigars. He has the full line, including uh, some hard-to-find limited releases at this point. Some uh, Candelas from last year are still rattling around in the humidor there. There's some uh, Sumatras that came out uh, uh, this past November uh, hanging out over there. And I'm not sure. The box is there. There may be. I haven't looked in it lately. There might be some number four still sitting there as well. So I'm just saying... You may want to hit up Dan the Man Ponder at Riverman Cigar Company if you're looking for anything Aladino. And uh, while you're there, uh, check out the 1,500 square foot covered patio because the weather here in St. Louis has been gorgeous and is just looking better and better as we get into the spring. And if you're not in the St. Louis area, he does mail order, so you can still get an order of Aladino cigars if you want. So that's Riverman Cigar Company of Crestwood, Missouri. And with that, it's time to go ahead and cut the cigar so now we can cut and get going guys unless you've already done so and the man out there he's uh he's got some product man you know he took the farm tour when was that 2020 i was gonna say you because you were on that tour with him 
Yeah, that was uh, right before when we got back was when everything was shutting down. Wow. So were, you, were you known as four prunings at that time or four primings at that oh, time? No, no. We, yeah, we, we got to oh, oh, okay. This is this yeah. already. The st- oh, shit. The stories are already coming here. Uh, four, go? four primings. I dropped my next cigar. I almost I- forgot about that, Ken. There was no way I was letting you forget about that. <laughs> Four primings, huh? Well, wait a minute. Now, Ken's got a nickname, too. I have a nickname. Okay. Yeah. What, seven primings? Nine. Oh, you're no nine. Is this some He's sort of a, like, size of your pencil situation again? Kind of. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Eh, well, yeah. Yeah, we can go with that. Oh, you're gonna throw this out and you're not gonna explain what what the primings mean, huh? Okay, okay, fine. We're sitting out in the field and we're looking at the different tobaccos. Mm-hmm. He's showing us broadleaf, he's showing us Connecticut, I'm gonna, he's showing I'm us gonna light my Corojo. cigar, by the way. I'm I'm not to interrupt, oh. but you guys can feel can, free to light up and go. Oh, so, okay. But anyway. we're out in the field and he's showing us all the different tobaccos and showing us and telling us about the characteristics of the different tobaccos. Yeah. And he's like, Okay, this is a Connecticut uh Connecticut uh tobacco plant over here and let's say ken you're going to represent the connecticut because it grows very tall i happen to be the tallest one in the group and then we're going over to now we're going to go over to the broadleaf and broadleaves grow very wide but they're not very tall and he goes so trey you're going to be the broadleaf <laughs> and at that point i knew this was going to be this is not going to be good for either one of us so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he so Husto pulls us side by side and goes, okay, so imagine this. Imagine Ken has nine different layers on him. Oh, God. And these are the, the leaves that we have to cut and prune. And I, we we're like, okay. And then goes, now look at this one. Because he's not so tall, he can't have as many layers. So he's going to be four. He's, he's going to be four primings. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to be nine primings. And I'm looking at him going, wow, okay, I can see where this is going. And and then it, for the rest of the trip, it, it just went downhill for both of us. Yeah. Okay. So it was in on it was four priming Trey and nine priming Ken over there. Hey, I mean, I like it. I, I think they're decent nicknames. So I like I like this. Then and so the real question is going to be, will it stick post trip? Because. That's the sign of a good nickname is if it sticks post-trip. Now, because you did just bring it up on the show, it's highly possible people are going to be calling you that, you know, going forward. I We kind of figured that, so. Oh, okay, okay. We kind of figured that. So yeah, that, that was, there's, call me Broadleaf. Gonna, but, yeah. Broadleaf, yeah. He's got really big, short, big, big, long, short leaves, though, but they're really wide. Really wide. Built like a tuna can. I got gotcha. you. Go for the corners. A lot you know of I mean? lot of girth, but no like yeah. yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Very small vein. Built like a tuna can. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So let's talk about this trip here. So so Ken's a big veiny bastard. <laughs> and we're talking about veins now. And it's like this is going off the rails quickly here. <laughs> so I swear you guys go down to Honduras and you come back and you're all like, you know, blue. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> um, so it was let- a possible lady boy that we'll have to talk about later. Oh shit! There, oh shit! We didn't send him that. Did you send him that picture? No, I don't have that picture. But uh, oh, to that, I think maybe towards the end of the show, maybe. Okay, we'll we'll, yeah. we'll 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 sidebar that one for a few minutes. 
That's a good tease. That's a good tease. So um, let's talk about the trip here. So now, Trey, where is the farm located? It is in... Now, when you're going through immigration, you have to remember this, right, Ken? Because I think uh, Mark... Mark did not. (laughs) Uh, Now, just to clarify, Mark also went down in association with Ash and Ale with you. Correct. He went with me, but we got separated at customs. And in customs, they asked like three questions, and that's pretty much it. What are you here for? How long are you going to be here? And what's your destination in the country? Yeah. So the first two, I was pretty sure he would get right, but I wasn't positive. The third one, I looked at Trey, and I'm waiting on him. I'm going, there's no fucking way he's going to get where we're going because there's no way he remembers where we're going. And not what, 10 seconds later, I got a phone call? Yeah. Yeah. In Honduras, I'm, we're just getting off the plane. I'm like, my phone's ringing. And it's Mark. He goes, um, where are we going? I'm getting held up. I don't know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> I literally had to take a screenshot of the town and the city where we're going to so they would let him through custom. That's awesome. That's awesome. So it's it's Las Lomas Hamistron Danley. Okay. Honduras. And and generally geographically in Honduras is this east, west, south. No, it'd be uh southeast, like really close to the Nicaraguan border. It's okay. literally thirty seven okay. miles from the Nicaraguan border. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We we Googled it. All right then. And so, you know, you, you can you've been selected to go on this trip you know you you've you've got mark involved in everything what all goes into preparing for going down to a farm trip like this because this is something that i'm sure a lot of cigar people you know uh if they haven't done it they want to do it or they've heard about it and so like you know they want to they want to get in on it so like what how does how does what do they have to do to prep for it truthfully not a lot um you have to fill out for Honduras. You had to fill out a questionnaire before you went and you had to come in with a QR code. You had to have your passport available. You didn't have to take any special shots. You don't have to take any medicines or anything like that to go. So it's a fairly easy trip to go to until they tell you what airport you're going into. And then that's when you want to pack your depends. No shit. So at least I thought that's what you needed to do because they tell me I'm going into the scariest airport in the world. Because you literally fly over a mountain and come straight down to land. Okay. Counterintuitive. Okay. But we happened to start flying into the country. And on the plane, one of the guys who was sitting next to me, on not my aisle, but the aisle across from me, was saying, oh, we're not going to that airport. They changed the designation to this new airport, which is fantastic. But it's like 40, right at an hour, hour and 10 minutes away from the airport that's the deadliest one in the world. Oh. So yeah. I was kind of ecstatic. What what made it super confusing was that on online, they still call it Tegucigalpa Airport. X, yeah, XPL. Even though it's in Comayaga, which is a long ways, it's a decent ways away from Tegus, but they still call it the Tegus Airport. And so everybody's thinking it's that dangerous, batshit crazy airport that only like 20 pilots are even cleared to land on. Um, and then, no, it's actually this brand new. Beautiful uh, airport. Yeah, beautiful little airport. It's awesome. Whereas uh, the old Tegus airport, uh, it's like, you know, it's concrete. This is where you land. You're lucky you got here. Vamanos. <laughs> okay. So so let's let's go through the travel. Uh, so you know, Ken, you're in Palm Coast, Florida. Uh, yeah. You know, Trey, um, you're wherever the hell you are. I mean, you know, 
part will be you'll be like the under parts unknown you know or whatever yeah um so so you know where did you guys kind of link up and and how does the travel go so mark and i started in palm coast and drove to miami the night before to spend the night because we had to be at the airport fairly early um to catch our flight, we had a ten thirty was it ten thirty flight because we got in at twelve thirty twelve forty five, so we had to be at the airport. We got there a little too fucking early. We woke up at like four forty five, got to the airport at six thirty. Then people like Trey tumble in at like nine forty five for a ten thirty flight, <laughs> and a bunch of the Brits that came with us showed up like right before the flight took off. And it was it was quite interesting because we we got there we went to the Mark the gentleman I was traveling with was a member of the VIP one of the VIP lounges or actually all of them so we went into one of them and hung out in Miami had breakfast and chilled out and relaxed very calm to get onto the plane it was awesome and then we get to the gate and all of a sudden I'm texting Trey where are you and he's not answering I'm going where the heck are you we're boarding. And he's still not answering. And I'm like, okay. I finally stood up and walked over to where everyone's congregating. And there I see Trey's head in this group of like nine people with Vivian and her daughter (laughs) and then some of the other folks from Britain. And I'm like, of course. He's standing right there and he still won't text us back. (laughs) So, and it looked like he'd been drinking since two days before. So, that also sounds like Trey. My, my phone was uh, on the fritz, and I'm glad it lasted through the trip, or I don't know what would have happened. Yeah. That would have been bad. Yeah. We, but from there, we got on the plane. We all hooked up right at the gate. We, I got lucky. No one, because they're all very short people in Honduras, no one took the emergency row. So they asked, anyone want to move to the emergency row? No charge. I was like, yes, please. And then two of the other folks on the trip were sitting right across from me. I saw his shirt. It said cigars. I was like, are you going to Aladino? He goes, yes. I go, why don't you go get emergency rows for free? And they were like, perfect. So we sat right next to each other on the whole trip. Nice. Going and coming. It was awesome. It was Ashley and Travis. Okay. Oh, the great people. Awesome, awesome people. folks. And awesome. where are they from? They're out of uh, Bastro, Texas. Okay. Yeah, just outside of Austin. Okay. Just outside of Austin. Okay. And typically going down there um, – you can get flights out of Houston or Miami, but even for them, they flew from Texas to Miami was the best route. Okay. Uh, but it's usually you fly in either from Houston or Miami. And uh, I mean, the Miami flight is uh, super quick. I mean, it's three hour flight. And it doesn't take three hours. We got there in two hours and 18 minutes and we got yeah. back in two hours and nine minutes. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so you get through, you get to Honduras, you land, everything's we all land, safe and sound? Through, yeah, yeah, we went through customs. That was, the, that was the worst part, going through customs. It took a little while. It wasn't hard. It just, there was a lot of other flights that funnel into this one line to get into customs. So I guess we were there for about 35, 40 minutes. Then mm-hmm. we got our, our luggage was out and ready for us when we got there. Nobody got busted for anything stupid in customs. I don't think so. Everything seemed to go fairly smoothly. Very smooth. In fact, I learned a valuable lesson. What's that? Always bring beef jerky on your travels. <laughs> okay. Always. Because we're going, we get through customs, and at the very end, <laughs> it got this fucking dog <laughs> that sniffs every bag of luggage. Okay. 
That's the final. That's the final boss. Now, the first thing I noticed was this was the youngest drug dog I've ever seen. Oh, it's and the cutest handler. Oh, very, yes, Ooh. very much true. The cutest yes. handler too. He was very pretty. Was his um, beard all shaved, all nice and tight, and everything? I couldn't tell. She had her clothes on. Uh, <laughs> 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 see, I see what so, you did there. I took it one way. You spun it right back the other. That, that was, was good. very good. That, that was good. That was good. good. Okay. Anyway, so we're going through the final boss, and uh, Ken's right behind me, and all of a sudden, <laughs> I I heard the dog go on point, right yeah. for the bag, and I hear Ken go. No drugs. No drugs. Oh, shit. <laughs> so the dog pinged your bag. Yeah. The, the girl's like, I need to check your bag. I go, okay. And I opened it up and I pulled this bag of beef jerky out. She goes, what is that? I go, beef jerky? And I go, oh, there's another one. <laughs> the dog, she's like, do you have any plants or any kind of uh, wildlife in there? I go, no, just beef jerky. <laughs> and I, I, I didn't, what I didn't tell her was that I did have a weed pen in my son. <laughs> <laughs> my god and, and hence they, the beef what, jerky when he pulled out that beef jerky that dog's tail started wagging, like wagging. <laughs> he thought it was treats well yeah oh my god I mean, they must have been training this young drug dog with the beef jerky and she came. was cracking up the the handler was cracking mm-hmm. up she goes just oh, go just go <laughs> that's fantastic that's so, fantastic this is this is the same point I'm getting the phone call from Mark saying, where the fuck <laughs> where am I are going? We? <laughs> and so Trey and I get through past this dog, and then we're going into the duty-free because you have to walk through duty-free before you can get anywhere there. So Trey's like, I'm going to pick up a bottle of tequila, which, dumbass me, I should have done the same thing. But he wound up picking up Havana Nights, Havana. No, I got the, the Cuban Havana yep. Club. Oh, okay. Havana Club. Okay. And he didn't even open it there, the bastard. Oh, I actually, I actually did. You bought another one? Yeah, I bought that. I bought that one at the airport, leaving. Uh, when did you open it? Where were we? It was the last night when we oh, all. You guys came. sat up and played dominoes and, all night. Yeah, and then uh, me and the family played dominoes. Well, and I just okay. Drank the bottle. To his to, to his comeback, he had no choice but to open that because we drank them out of all their damn booze. Oh shit! Yeah. We okay. drank them out of their tequila, their scotch, their whiskey. Their vodka. We had beer and we had rum. That's right. And we ran out of we ran out of water. I've heard from Dan that you guys like drank a shit ton on the farm trip in 2020. Well, that's okay. There, there's a that's yes and no. It was really just two guys on that trip that broke all of our beer records. Okay, they actually had to go into town three times for beer. For those two guys from Philadelphia, they, those two guys were drinking 30, 30 beers a day. Holy, Holy fuck. Each. <laughs> yeah. And they were just like Philadelphia fuckers. You know, they're like, oh, I just got to drink a beer. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but on this trip, no one, the beer was actually the one thing that was left over. Boy, Ken yeah. had like 20 smoke rings in a row right there. That was badass. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the beer that last night, all we had left was beer. Beer and water was gone, and yeah, yeah. Coke, we had coke and, and beer. Oh my god! But the first after the first full day, once we, the, after that first night, we got there. The next day, we went to the fields. I was going to ask. So, the- so at this point, so 
Let's, just, we'll, just we'll go back. All right. Back so up, yeah. so so I just want to want to emphasize to everybody that while we're talking about the fun aspects and everything, this is a highly educational trip. Immensely. Yeah, this is actually not a party trip. No. Um, you know the the fun stuff at the end of every night. You can hang by Julio's pool, and it's kind of like dinner and free time from three thirty four o'clock. Yeah. So you can hang out by the pool starting about, yeah, about 3.30, we're done for the day. Well, the factory closes at 4, so we had to be out before the factory because they had to do the – every all the employees had to leave. So so what time we, does the day begin? So so you guys arrived. You had a nice night that first night. How long is the drive from the airport to the farm? Too you know? fucking long. <laughs> so in the Tegucigalpa days, it was about three hours. Now it's another hour from Komayaga, but then this year there was also road construction, which we actually got really lucky. Really, both ways we got lucky. Both ways. I don't know how we did it, but uh, with road construction out there, it's not like, you know, out here we'll have a guy that has, you know, a stop and there's a system and then they yeah. alternate. Group of people yeah. go and next. No, down there they'll stop one lane. And they won't for two open hours. Well, it might, yeah. They they won't. There's no rhyme or reason. They do it on their own time. And if they're ready an hour from then, then that lane will open up. And if you're on a motorcycle, you can just go through the construction the whole way. You know, you <laughs> saw that. They were like ants creating their own trails. Interesting. Yeah. It was awesome. So it's a right now. It's roughly a five hour bus ride, and uh, they're. They're not made for Americans. The seats on the bus are very, very, very tiny. Nick, you would have had a blast. Uh, Nick, I don't, I, I'm not sure what we would have done with Nick. Well, <laughs> we, had, we had Mark. We had Big Mark on there, and that was we not did. a fun sight. Yeah, it was tough. You should have uh, seen me. You the just whole, tie me to the roof of the bus. The whole right side of my right leg, because yeah. of the way I had to sit with a steel pole, because it was the only way I can put my feet down. My whole right side of my right leg is bruised from hip to knee. Holy shit. Because I had to rest it for five hours on a metal pole going and coming. Yeah, there's no place for your legs if you're tall. Um, they're just smaller people, so everything is smaller. Um, and, and that's just the way it is. Now, however, this, Ken, this isn't going to help you at all. Uh, but uh, I think we're looking at buying our own bus. Uh, for for next Ooh, year, get like some. Big It'll help me because thing? I plan on coming back. And you better come back. Get some you big. Be- I better be invited. We'll look into it. You know, I'll t- <laughs> I know a guy. I'll talk to him. <laughs> ah, that's awesome. So okay, uh, so so yes, let's start with day one. So what time is wake up? If you want, so there's two answers to that. You need to anybody that goes on the trip. I really encourage them at least one of the days. Get your ass up at like five o'clock, five thirty, yeah. and go see the sunrise because it's phenomenal. Yeah, you, you literally sit on Julio's deck over the, overlooking the valley, looking over Placencia's farm, where the big Aladino wow. JF uh, JR Reed sign there, and it's you sit there right at the pool. You walk into the house, you grab a smoked cigar, and you sit there and watch the sun come up. It was sublime. It was unbelievable. It's beautiful. Um, 
And then, you know, Julio is usually out there around 5.30 to maybe 6.30, maybe. He's usually heading towards 6 yeah. to 6.30 is when Julio goes down. But you know, we're at Julio's house, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. We're his guests. And so you'll catch him out there drinking some coffee before he goes to work. And then we'll have breakfast at, at the house. Uh, and then one of the Oh, look at that. It's a look fat that. ash there, Ken. So what's the food like? Oh, unbelievable. Okay. Unbelievable. I, I mean, you're a foodie, they, Ken. Give me some descriptions. Put it this way. Everything on the farm is done for Americans, so we don't have to be careful what we eat. They have a, for what we were told, there was a reverse osmosis system, filtration system. For any water there for us who that we encounter is fine. So most of South America and Central America, you have to be very careful with what you drink and consume their product vegetation and everything else we didn't have to be careful on the farm so we were ecstatic okay so, but we also we ate very well every morning the folks who sandra who is julio and justo's i guess house manager she she manages the entire farm every manages the entire farm yeah had a crew of folks that made us breakfast scrambled eggs beans um, plantains. Um, we had Tortilla. cereal, orange juice, coffee. We had fried plantains, saute plantains. It was just, it was amazing. Everything was so fresh and so good and so tasty. No additives, no preservatives. Cause you know, we t- where they got the eggs because the chicken head, head hatch is right between the two uh, bunks where we were staying. And how, and- how about the, the cream down there? Oh. It's a whole different ball game. Yes, it's real cream, buddy. Real cream. You're setting me so, up here, Trey. I'm just, I'm, I'm not. I'm not taking the low hanging. Let me fruit. tell you what. You take that taco. <laughs> you put that cream on that. <laughs> God damn. I'm not taking the it's low sour hanging cream, fruit. Nick. It's sour cream. Oh, I bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, all right. I mean, that sounds wonderful, and you know, and all the That's shit. Just one does a breakfast, and this, all the shit we sounds- put in our food. I mean, yeah. Oh uh, no! You you have the best bowel movements down there. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. You eat enough. You eat enough red silk beans, buddy. Oh, yeah. You are consistent. But you got to be careful though, too, because and I had to tell this to everybody staying down there because I have to experience this. You're having the best bowel movements of your life, but the plumbing is also a lot smaller. Oh, so you oh. know, I'll tell you my my statement every time a toilet clogs. I look at it as you've exceeded somebody's expectations. And you take uh, it as a challenge. Well, no, because like whoever designed that toilet figured that whatever it is should be able to fit through that plumbing. And when you clog a toilet, you've exceeded somebody's expectations. So in this case, what you're saying is you as Americans are exceeding the uh, expectations of the Honduran plumbers. Well, without getting into too much graphics, Trey, there in pretty much any other country other than a few civilized European countries, you don't flush toilet paper. Yeah. You know, toilet can you have a trash can in the bathroom areas and you just wipe and put them in there. Yep. Yeah. So that was that gets some taking used to. Yeah. So and yeah, typically if you if you feel like you're gonna have a uh, solid movement, you take a few flushes. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Gotta- Courtesy flush, courtesy flush. Yes. Yeah. There's a little speech I give all the groups when that first night when we're first checking into our, our bunks. 
I say that I've learned three things the hard way out here. Um, so, and I'm sure I'll learn a lot more, but the three things are, if you find a scorpion, you don't pet it. That's number one. Uh, number two, the shower heads are, the water pressure is good. The shower heads are where they are. Do not try to adjust them. Leave them be. And number three is pay attention. You might have to flush more than once. The plumbing is small. Things that I've learned on my trips but, down there that I want everybody else to know. What he didn't tell everyone was that you don't put the toilet paper in the frickin' toilets until yeah, the next yeah. morning, they told us. And everyone's like, oh, okay. So yeah. at least it didn't back up on anyone. It didn't affect us. But Yeah, I mean. And they didn't tell us to the second day that the water was clear either. So no one was. I'm sitting there pouring bottled water on my toothbrush and wishing with that until the next day when they told us it was all safe. I mean, I, I think anytime you travel to any foreign country, it's always a good idea just to use bottled Air. water anyway. Yes. Air but, on the yeah, side everything, of everything down there is reverse osmosis. I've never had an issue, but I'm not going to dissuade anybody from using nothing but bottled water ever. So, but no, it was a fa the That first night, we had a great night up on top. They had, uh, what was our meal that first night when we got there? We had. First night was. Uh, the lamb stew was the second night. Yeah, that was first cool. night was. What was the first night? Did we barbecue the first night this time? I don't remember. Yes, it was. It was the barbecue. Yeah. We sat outside and had the barbecue. Yes. Yeah. What was yeah. the barbecue? We there was two different slaws, one with cabbage and one with an onion base with oh. more of a vinegar and jalapenos yes. and carrots. One of the best things I've ever tasted in my life. Okay. That's the other. That's the other key, and I I do this today. Ever since I started going to Honduras, with every meal, there's a two different slaws. Uh, I, the name I know is called cortito, um, and it is think of a slaw without mayonnaise and sugar. Okay, no mayonnaise, no sugar. It's all just fermented, beautiful things with jalapenos and and shit and. Uh, you have that with every meal, and trust me, you want to. I think that's the beauty of uh, the digestive shit. Oh. Um, and as someone who now makes that at home when I am home, day 20 is when that shit gets beautiful. <laughs> Did you say day, day 20? Day 20, bro. It just keeps fermenting, and it, oh, boy. Oh, boy. You need to can some when you come down and bring me on day, that time frame. All right. Yeah. If I'm going to do that, I can, I can do that. Okay. okay. That would be awesome because that was some of the best stuff I've ever tasted in my life. Yeah. And it looks so normal. It looks like something you've had a million times. And then You, you know what? It, do you know anything about Thai food? Oh, it looks it. like papaya salad. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But they nowhere near as hot, though. No, you. Okay. But they'll serve that with every meal, and it's really as a digestive aid. And we had corn tortillas, and that first night we had steak, chicken, and we had the chorizo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. It, uh, very second, good. Well, that just sounds delightful. Second night, second night was the lamb, right? The second night dinner was the lamb stew. That was the second night the lamb stew. I think so. No, the second night was the, I don't remember. How I'm many nights had, total were you there? Four? Yeah, four nights. nights. Four nights we were there. Four nights. Okay. So, okay. But so, my the one I look forward to every year is uh, at lunch at one of the 
One of the, the days, the lunches were yeah. a pusid. Oh, wait, what? Pusid day favorite day. What? What is it? Pusid. Okay. So it's basically they they take a the Ordeal. meal and tur- turn into tortillas, but it's thickened up, and they put a hole into it, so it's kind of a pocket between tor- two, two tortillas. And then they stuff that with uh, chorizo and cheese, and then smash it back together and throw that on the grill. Ooh. And then you th- your cortito on top of that with hot sauce and cream. Which is the sour cream again. That just Hockey. sounds delightful. And it's, I put the slaw on it with the jalapenos. Yeah. Yes. That, to me, was one of the best things I've ever tasted there. Well, that was the best thing I tasted there. One of the best things I've ever tasted. I'll be dead. You, you know how when you eat here, you get bloated and full and you yeah. just feel horrible because of the additives and preservatives and everything? There's nothing like that there. Everything's fresh and natural. You can see, you're overeat. Eating, it feels so good. And see, you can the- overeat. And you don't feel like shit. That's what I was going to say. When you, I mean, going back to when you were describing the breakfast, I was thinking, fuck, how are you eating all this when you're getting ready to go out and traipse around fields and go into barns and do all this other shit? It's like I'd be going in and taking a nap as soon as I was done with breakfast. Uh, no, no insulin spikes. None of that shit. Really? We did 16,000 steps for two and a half days, almost three days straight. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So compare that to TPE, Ken. Significantly walking, yeah. Walking wise, it was almost identical for TPE. I did fourteen thousand six hundred steps in TPE for two days, and down there I did one day I did fifteen six, one day I did fourteen nine, and one day I did sixteen. Holy shit! But you're also at elevation, yeah. Too, so it's it is a little bit difficult steps. Yeah. The 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 day we were on the field, the first day when we were out in the tobacco fields. It got hot. It got up to 88 degrees mm. and higher. The humidity kind of spiked that day. Out of all of the days, that was the highest humidity we had. Which, so it was it was warm. Okay. Of all okay. the times I've been down there, Ken, that's the hottest day I've seen. Really? Yeah, 82. Lucky it's you. Literally, every, every day is I've ever experienced down there has been 78 to 82. I've never experienced anything above or below that. And we had every day above 80. Yeah, it was it was hot. Okay. It was hot. Okay. But it was fantastic. I mean, it was a lot of fun. So let's get into the 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 actual activities. Like what all what all you guys were there for. So so day 1 you get up, you have this fantastic breakfast and what? Day day one, when we're going to the fields. It's when we go down and see all of the agricultural stuff other than the starting growth process which we did on day 2. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're going to see the actual fields, which this is this is a fun part to this story. Usually, this was a bigger group than normal, which I think I love the mixture. We've also never mixed foreign groups with U.S. groups. This was the first time. So it was a larger group than normal, and we had a mixture of foreign and domestics, uh, which created a wonderful dynamic. Uh, this, was by, this was the best group that we've ever had. Uh, it was just perfect. Wow. Um, I absolutely loved this group uh, for multiple reasons. I think the foreign influence like, just made people more inquisitive from the beginning, from both Definitely. sides. Definitely. And it created more questions. We've never had people ask this many questions on a trip, which was fun. That's cool. Yeah, totally cool. However, usually it's a smaller group, and we get in the trucks, and Husto 
leads the the brigade and he's got one truck and then I drive the truck behind him full of gringos. But this year we had to have three vehicles. So our man over here became a driver. Really? I got to drive in Honduras. (laughs) Are you licensed for that? Absolutely. I don't think they know what licenses are. Okay, okay, no. okay, okay. All right. So anyway, so you got to drive one of the trucks. I did. Yeah. The roads suck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, come to Illinois. We can probably beat it. <laughs> no, it was it was definitely an interesting. I mean, when we say we got to drive, we never went above 24, 25 miles per hour. Yeah. Because yeah. the roads were so bad, we just we literally. I followed the two trucks in front of me, and it was fairly easy you had to do a lot of bobbing and weaving to get away from potholes sounds like east st louis so but we got to the on on the it was that first day when we were coming back um i looked in my rear view which you can't really see in your rear view very good because you've got like 12 gringos in the back of your truck yeah and we had already been driving for a while back to the house and i put my head out the window and i'm like where the fuck's Ken? I was like, oh no. If if he's lost, I mean You're boned. Yeah. Pretty much. Turns out, Ken, tell them why you were so far behind us. What was the holdup? So first of all, I wasn't driving. I let Mark drive. So he wanted to say I got I can drive in Honduras, so I let him drive back. Which <laughs> may have been a, the bigger, I was the bigger mistake say, of the two. I met Mark at TP. That that was a mistake. <laughs> that was maybe the bigger mistake of the two, but what caused us to stop and not be able to go anywhere, we have four girls in the back of our truck standing up holding onto these cattle rails, and all of a sudden we get overrun by a stampede of goat. <laughs> the dogs were hurting. Oh, and they come no. in and envelop the whole car, and the girls are like, stop, we needed to get a picture. I couldn't go anywhere <laughs> if I w- We couldn't go anywhere if we wanted to. The sheep were everywhere. And we, other, me and who's still ahead, we had no idea that this had happened behind us. No clue. <laughs> you guys need radios in those trucks. Yeah, we really should. You really should get some sort of like, even just basic walkie talkies, you know, just some sort of like. Hold on a second, guys. Come in. This is Mark who went hey, with guys? me. So. What's up, Mark? Hey. We were just telling the story about hey. driving. Hey, good to see you, Mark. I heard you were driving in Honduras. I was driving in Honduras. There you go. I did a halfway decent job even at 15 miles an hour. Okay, then. <laughs> <laughs> those, those sheep, though, they really slowed you down. The sheep really slowed us down. <laughs> Hundreds of them. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Well, good, good to see you guys all again. Good to see you, you, Mark. Soon. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, but, Yeah, so that's a roundabout way of saying we go to the fields and... Uh, this is this is a Husto thing. Mm-hmm. He's always worried about people getting down there and just trying to turn the whole thing into a party. Yeah, and it's his dad's house, you know. So you want to be respectful and not like party till five o'clock in the morning. If you want to do that, go down the mountain to the bunkhouse. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. So Husto's always like the plan on day one is to make everybody as tired as possible. <laughs> okay, so. There are plenty of places we went on the, through the fields where we could have just gotten the truck and drove. And Hoos was like, no, we're going to walk to that field over there. And then we're going to walk to this field over there. And he's just, How well did that do? How, what did we have to do? You, me, and Husto, what did we have to do? 
What did we have to do? You remember when we went and walked all the way to the fourth field? You, me, oh. and Husto got to walk back by ourselves and come back and pick everyone up. Pick <laughs> everybody up because everybody else was too tired to walk. <laughs> but uh, well, he we tired him out. That's for sure. It's really good, and um, you can get to see because Julio grows so many different crops, types of tobacco. Uh, th- this year was a-, a little bit of a bummer because the rainy season extended a couple weeks and um, crops that were in the Samarillos, uh, th- we lost a large portion of them and had to harvest was pushed back a couple of weeks. Okay. So the fields were not as grown as they usually are. There's usually priming being done when we're there, but we're probably 10 days ahead of that on this trip. However, you can still go from field to field and see how different tobacco is from a Corojo to what, you know, Broadleaf and a few of the things. There's some things that uh, I'm sure Husto does not want me talking about on here. But if Ken wants to mention it, totally cool because I didn't say it, but Ken saw it. But Ken wants to go back, so Ken's going to keep his mouth shut I'm so gonna, he gets I'm, an I'm invite play back. Nice this round. Sorry, <laughs> guys. We've already mentioned Broadleaf a few times. Um, so, I mean, cat's out of the bag there. Yes, um, that is definitely being harvested this year. Okay. Oh, shit. I forgot we weren't supposed to bring that up. Yeah, well, we did it already like five times, so I might as well go ahead and finish it off. <laughs> Um, but there was another field. Just order also. a big order, Ken. Husto will be happy with yeah. you. Yeah, just, just, just pay us. <laughs> hey, Trey, we're lucky. There's only six people who listen to this anyway. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, shit. No, but you see how different the tobacco is. Like, you saw the difference between what Broadleaf looks like in Corojo and Another tobacco. Cameroon. You have Cameroon down there. Cameroon. You know. We've got some new things coming. But we won't talk about the rest. But it's okay. They didn't give us the names of those, so I can't screw that up. Yeah. Well, and one of Project the 498. Something like that, yeah. We'll just call it Project 498. <laughs> one, of the, one of the tobaccos that has already been harvested and, and aged um, that I got to smoke. I don't know if Ken, I don't know if you did or not. Yeah. Uh, it's wow. a tobacco that I have only known one person to grow in like the last 15 years. And it's a flavor profile all its own. And uh, they did grab a few of our cigars and just throw it on top of our cigar and let us smoke it. I'm it's yeah, I'm I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, me, me too. Okay. Wow. So that's a rare tobacco. And then a few new things that are. Not in the experimental phase, because usually Julio's got some experimental fields that he keeps hidden from people. And then once it gets past that phase, it goes into the main growing area. Yeah. So two new things that we saw out there next to each other, they're going to be harvested this year, and they're no longer an experiment. So there's going to be a couple years from now, new things coming. All right, then. I am so looking forward to that. But what more amazing coming out from an outsider's point of view, because I know Trey's seen this a lot, so it becomes kind of like second nature for him to understand and know that it's going to be there. They don't use computers on anything. Everything's still done by hand. Yeah. The way they the way they check what insects are around, they literally put out a piece of wood about that far apart from each other, and they put a piece of yellow sticky tape about 18 inches wide and about 20 inches long. Yeah, like flight and tape kind of thing. Whenever the wind blows into it, they, they keep an eye on it. Huh. All right. Very then. interesting. 
that's how you know what critters are getting into your fields. Okay. And you can only you can address that critter instead of like let's just dust everything. Everything. Yeah. But the vastness of the the state they have is is mind boggling. I won't say it's a, it's like not not Yellowstone big from the TV show. Yeah. But it's unbelievable for when you're driving and you're driving and you keep driving and you're like okay you almost said not yet and you just keep going you're just like wow wow huge. Okay. It's very big. And it kept up immaculate. I've never, I've been to several farms in Tennessee and Georgia and things like that. Nothing was ever like this. And yeah. the, the meticulousness and the cleanliness of the dirt floor greenhouses and their factories and everything, how clean everything was, was just very awe inspiring. Okay. For a facility that large. Interesting. They sweep the dirt floors twice a day. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So day one, you go out to the fields, you see the plants in the fields, and you learn, I assume, like the different uh, placements and the different parts of the plants and the leaf leaf types and things of that nature. Is that like, is that basically day one? Well, we went and saw where they kept the, the, the tractors and the, combines and the mechanical area where they have their own mechanical department where that builds and retfits retrofits and repairs all of the equipment on property which was staggering we saw where they store all of the hoses and the water lines for all of the fields that are was an amazingly organized and unbelievably clean room that was done was like wow um it would look like the library of congress how they did it Um, we saw, what else did we see that first day? We saw the, the different hanging barns where you dry the tobacco as soon as you cut it, when they sew them together, the one, one, and the best part about all of this, and I, I, I'm going to come back, Julio and his crew built every building on the property. That's impressive. Oh, that's impressive. And it's all with the the trees on the farm. Everything is. They grow extra eucalyptus trees just so they can have these 250,000 holes to dry their tobacco on. Wow. Yeah. And they count them. <laughs> so the, that's actually a good point to bring up too. The fields are all bordered with old, super tall eucalyptus trees. And that serves two purposes. Uh, number one, it blocks the wind okay. from damaging tobacco. But then number two, eucalyptus is a natural okay. repellent for bugs. Oh, Okay. So and but that's the thing that you know people don't realize. They get out there and like there's all this eucalyptus everywhere. Well, it, it's very important. And then they cut down the eucalyptus, and that's how we build the barns. Okay, it's all built out the eucalyptus. Everything is self-contained is- inside their own property. And Ken, before we move on, that you remember the one barn that we went into, the oldest tobacco barn outside of Cuba in yep. Central. The first one we was we stood in and where we where yes. Was her name Karen? What was the girl's name for the tobaccologist girl from um California? Uh, Christina. Christina. I kept calling her I keep calling her Karen. Shoot. Probably she shouldn't, was fantastic. Probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> um, she was one yeah. of the she was one of the smartest people I've ever met in the industry with without a doubt of about tobacco I've ever seen. 
Yeah, so if she she got her master's tobacconist, and I know when I got mine, there was only 101 of us. So there's not many people with that advanced degree. So, yeah, she knows her shit. Interesting. Um, She's out of Pismo Beach, California? Yeah, Pismo. I think my water just squeaked. That's, uh, La, Roma, La Roma de Havana is uh, the store. La Roma. Okay. So, all right. So day one, you saw all the equipment kind of learned the farming process to a degree uh and then got to see the fields and then that evening is when you said you had the lambs too but that also that's the day we got nicknamed four primings and nine primings okay yes, yes. okay and then uh that leads us into day two now i'm thinking before we get into day two why don't we do this it's time for the villager cigars entertainment report Brought to you by Villiger. Villiger Cigars, one of the leading cigar and cigarello manufacturers in the world, founded in 1888 and still family owned and operated. Head over to VilligerCigars.com and check the store locator to find a shop near you that carries them. We guarantee that Villiger Cigars will be a wonderful addition to your humidor and cigar rotation. Okay, guys, it's time for you to uh, talk about what you've been watching, been entertained by, anything of that nature. Okay, Trey. I I'll start. Let me save my best for last. Uh, I'll start with what I watched on the way back from Honduras. Okay. I I finished up the uh, the last voyage of the Demeter. Okay. Um, which don't ask me why. I mean, that's the 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 vampire one. Yeah, I like. I thought I, we talked like, about that on the show at one point. No, I I started it. I don't know if we talked. Oh. But I started. Finished. Okay. So I have okay. rewatched the whole damn thing. Yeah. Because How was it? even even if I don't like something, but I haven't finished it, I'm like, damn it, I gotta because it could be like Bone Tomahawk, where like the first half is terrible, and if you don't watch the second half, you missed one of the greatest things of all time. Yeah. Uh fairly good. Uh I like the books, uh or the book. Um it, it's it's okay. Um you know, it's not necessarily it's not too woke. Okay. Um uh, also like Missed a lot of things it could have done a lot better. Uh, still a, a fun mo- If you haven't watched it and you're into vampires or anything like that, just go ahead and watch it. I mean, it's uh, you know it's not a teeny bopper vampire movie. but no, Nobody's uh, glowing or sparkling. No, no one's – it's one of those – it's like an in-betweener. It's like a vampire movie that's not for teenagers, but it also doesn't have tits. And you're like, I don't know where we're at here. Uh <laughs> Okay. You know what I mean? Like, Interview with the Vampire is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So uh, I would encourage vampire fans to watch it, but uh, don't have your expectations too high. Okay, okay, that's fair. So I'm watching, what am I watching? I just started watching the series on um, Amazon, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, I heard that was good. I just got through the first episode. Last night was the first time I sat down to watch TV since I've been back. So okay. and I didn't I had stuff on my phone recorded to watch while I was going back and forth, but it was just not mind numbing. Just so I can try to fall asleep. But then I also wound up sitting next to people that I talked to. So I really didn't watch I listened to two of your episodes on the flight. Hey, look at that. Yeah. So I did that. Um and that was mind numbing too, but that was good. Oh. 
which ones did you listen to? Because I could the agree. TPE re- the TPE recap. Okay, that one actually, could I thought be. was actually a pretty good episode. Okay, all I right. Okay. All the, the interviews. Um, actually, that's funny that we talk about that because Hefe uh, Cigars that you interviewed. Hefe Cigars. You remember where you, they were right two doors up from Mickey Peg? Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. So they actually came to my shop on Tuesday when I got home. Yeah. So they're out of their, their sales offices here in Florida, and they came up to my shop and brought me cigars for the sample. So that was interesting. They were pretty good. There you go. Um, but th- what else did I watch? Um, I watched – I can't remember the damn name of it. Oh, fuck it. I don't remember All the right, name of the show. So it, doesn't well, it couldn't have been that good no. then. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It was, it was, I literally haven't watched much TV in the last two weeks. So I honestly haven't watched a whole lot myself. Although, um, I'm going to, I'm going to nerd out for a moment. And, uh, I think, I don't know. Trey Mac might be in on this track with me here. Did you see the Disney plus release the trailer for the X-Men 97 cartoon? Yes. I didn't see that. No. Oh yeah, dude. So they're continuing the old '90s X-Men cartoon. So it's like spinning off, and and they're they're doing another, basically another season. So I've been going back on Disney Plus and rewatching and marathoning through the old '90s X-Men cartoon. And that was one of my favorites. You know. Okay. All right. So Ken's in on this with me. This is good. So yeah. So I'm an X-Man. I love X-Men. I just finished the second season today. Um. So there's there's five i didn't realize there were five seasons of that show so um yeah so i'm I'm marathoning through that but yeah no the 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 new stuff uh premieres march 20th on disney plus Ooh, nick so, did i bring up um hideout no last time we were on i don't think so hideout netflix show yes called hideouts that was what i that was what i was watching i was finishing my finishing that out and then fool me once Okay. Talking about a show, you know how you watch shows and you think that you know how it should end and it, and it never ends the way you want it to end? Yeah. But it's the right way to end, and even if it's a bad ending, it's a bad way to end a show. It's supposed to end like that, and that's how you feel. And then watch Fool Me Once if you want to watch a show that, that ends the way it's supposed to end to make everything right, even though it's not what you want to see it happen. Okay, okay. One of the best endings of a series I've ever seen. I have started watching... Um show on hulu called death and other details and um it's a it's a murder mystery show there was a murder on a on a you know really expensive yacht and um the the guy on there that is the detective um i had to look him up because i uh i was like man he seems familiar but he's older so i don't know exactly you know who he is and it turns out that it's Mandy Patinkin. Really? Nice. Yeah. Oh, I did see him in a new show. So yeah. That's what it's- yeah. Yeah. Death and other details on Hulu. I loved him. And Trey, on- for your for your information, there's tits. Oh. There you go. <laughs> oh. Write that one down. There you go. I better that's good to know because the last thing I clicked on on Netflix that said, you know, sexual things, and I was like, oh, oh I'm in. Wasn't wasn't what I was prepared for, um, and then let's go there. I've got some beef here. Got a little oh, bit of beef. I did like the show Beef. 
<laughs> that was a good show. I don't know if you watched it or not, but that was really oh, entertaining. No, that was good. That was the Asian, the Asian couple. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so while I've been uh, laid up for a couple of days, Ken knows what I'm talking about. Uh, I get on Netflix, which I haven't done in quite a while, and I'm a big. I, I've always read a lot about Alexander the Great. Um, I think he's a phenomenal study. Netflix has a new series on Alexander the Great. Okay. I'm like, well, six episodes, 40 minutes an episode. I got to bench this. Yeah, you can do that. And, uh, I'm glad I pushed through, but I click and just, this is just sign of the times. This is just the world we live in. But right away, the first 30 minutes of this show was telling me about how Alexander the Great was gay or bisexual and he starts making out with his best friend when they're training. And and I'm like, this is not the sexual advertisement. that Because it does. When I said it, it was sex and violence. I'm like, this is my kind of show. And then I was like, wasn't ready for Alexander the Great's sexual deviancy to be this way. But <laughs> I was like, oh, we'll give it another. And I'm glad I did because they, I don't know what the deal was. Because once they got over that, they went into the real story of Alexander the Great, and it was awesome. But for whatever reason, those first 30 minutes, they were like, and he was like homo, homoerotic. I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> okay. But I got through it, and it was actually, it's actually a really good documentary. Um, it, it's documentary style. Um, really good, brand new on Netflix. I recommend, but I don't know if you have to watch the first one because it's a lot of fluff. Literally, so jump to the second episode and go from there. Yeah, you can just jump to the second. If you know anything about Alexander the Great, you can just start at the second episode. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Is that the other one you were going to talk about that you said you'd? Well, wait? there's one more. All right. Well, then go ahead because I don't have any more. I mean, I there I, was this little fucking thing, little fucking thing that happened. I don't know, ten days ago. Super Bowl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I watched that. I have now watched it three times. <laughs> okay, you're really into the Super Bowl. Look, Look at the ball behind them. Chiefs, mm. I got Mahomes back mm-hmm. here. These are my boys. Mm-hmm. We were down at halftime. Down. Mahomes is down 10 points in every Super Bowl he's ever been to. And I'm like, we're supposed to be a down year. The Chiefs are supposed to be bad this year. Well, they did it again, boys. They did it again. They're a dynasty. I, you know, bring on the haters. I don't know why everybody hates on us all of a sudden, but I, it's weird being, like, hated. Bring it on because we've done it now three times since the pandemic began. And uh, Taylor Swift was there, and mwah, I don't care what you guys think. Bring on the hate. No, okay. Who's I don't there? have any problem with Taylor Swift. I actually think that, you no, know what? Did I, you do a sh- What? Go ahead, Nick. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I don't have any issue with her. I think she's brought a lot of attention to the game from people that weren't paying attention to the game. I think it's, I, I don't, I don't see the problem there. I really don't. There's Did you do a shot every time they showed her? I didn't. Uh, 17 shots. <laughs> 17. Okay. Well, we know Ken, Ken was passed out by the end of the game. So. I guarantee it's the most watched Super Bowl ever. It was uh, yeah. the most watched American since the moon landing, I believe. Yep. So, everybody got faked out on that fucking shit. Like, oh, here we go. 
<laughs> you knew the minute I heard moon landing, I'm like, well, oh, here we go. <laughs> well, we go. It's, funny, it's funny we're doing the show today because there was big moon news today. Seriously. It's yeah. not there. You don't know? No, everybody's no, been talking about how our cell phones didn't fucking work this morning. Right. Yes, but you know That's- what did? Do you know what? Somehow, somehow cell phones didn't work, but something else did. We landed a rover on the moon today, apparently. All right. I don't know. Here's what I do know is that we have footage of it that uh, looks really good, which is weird because India, when they landed on the moon the last time you and I did a show, uh, they had to fill in their footage with CGI because they were like, yeah, it's really hard to get video to transfer from there to there, and we had to fill it in with CGI and I believe them because Indians are very good at technical difficulties. All our call centers. I, listen, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Listen, I, I talked about this when he was here. That's the only reason I said that. Okay, I just spent three days trying not to shit myself at all these stores. By the way, at Geek Squad at Best Buy, Verizon, and the Apple Store, going back to all of them, trying to fix my phone issue because apparently. It's an issue no one's ever seen before. This is new. I've never quite seen this before. Okay. And finally, at like 7 p.m. yesterday, this one Indian guy from Apple finally made a breakthrough and figured out a few things. And it wasn't wonderful, but all of a sudden, he this guy got elated. He was happier than I was. <laughs> he goes, he goes, Trey, we fucking got something to transfer. <laughs> and I was like, I'll take it. And then he goes, but brother, I don't think we're going to get anything else to transfer. <laughs> Good God. Bro, we've been at this for three days, and you were the one guy that figured out how to get some of my product switched over. Yeah. Did you I, give him a cigar? No, uh, but I would love to track it. Dude, he's not. He he was on the phone. Like, oh, he like okay. this, this, you know, like superpower okay. that everybody in the stores was like, we give up. Call this guy. And, uh, so you're telling me that they can fix all of our technical difficulties. That's the one guy. They still had to admit to using CGI because video doesn't really transfer from the moon to here. And then again, now that everybody else has gone to the moon, we have to do it now too. And well, our video is fantastic. Well, okay. I'm going to chime in on that one. I was okay. just down at NASA and did the tour. Okay. And this, this was planned already and, they're sending people to the moon in what beginning middle of next year. Oh, oh I'm excited for this. This will be wonderful. So, yeah. So they're literally sending, they have five people they're sending up. Yeah. Maybe the end of this year, maybe the beginning of next year. Yeah. So, so they've got yeah. time to brainwash those folks then. Yeah. Yeah. You went to the moon. Yeah, hey, we had perfect coverage back in the sixties when they landed. What are you talking about? Oh yeah. And here's the other thing. I don't know if anybody's been following oh. the moon. I don't know, but even CNN has been reporting this. We've spiraled. Listen, look it up right now, folks, because this is within the week. The moon is rusting. It's rusty. It's rusting in front of our eyes. So that means it's made out of iron? It's kind of weird, isn't it? Kind of weird. The moon is rusting. And they, re- they had to admit it because the moon is literally turning red. If you look at it through a telescope, it's turning a shade of red on the surface. So CNN was like, yeah, the moon is rusting. Here's what NASA has to say. And I'm like, hmm, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, 
I don't know. Maybe it's made out of something. I don't know. We'll leave it at that, folks. We'll leave it at that. But look it up. That's your moon news for the week. Okay. Thank you for the update. I mean, you know, it's 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 good to get an update on the moon, I guess. Um, <laughs> okay. Well. Um, so did we derail you, Nick? I mean, we definitely <laughs> went down a rabbit hole I didn't anticipate, but that's okay. <laughs> but uh, getting back on topic now. So, so day two. What does day two involve? At the uh, Aladino uh, uh, farm tour. Day two involved having to wake up first, which was not easy after night one. <laughs> <laughs> or night two. Or, okay, um, yeah. I, two. Oh, yeah. So I should say, like, full day two. Not because, well, yeah. So, so, yeah, whatever. So <laughs> we get up at, I think most people, well, I know about five of you guys got up around 5.45, 6 o'clock to watch the sunrise. Yeah. And um, we didn't go to bed till shit. I didn't go to bed till one o'clock. I know you were up. You and uh, Lewis were up till later than that. Yeah. And did, I don't know. Was anyone else up with you? No, it was just me and Lewis until yeah, about two thirty. Yeah. And then up at you know three hours from there, and guys just and went, he just floating in the I, pool together, holding hands, enjoying no, the moonlight. No, they were in the hammock. Oh, okay. but Lewis and I became really good friends out there. That's He's my a, guy. He's he's an interesting guy, Lewis. He's there, and the reason me and Lewis this he's from uh, the London. UK. He's mm, from okay. London. Okay, but it was just this perfect, beautiful storm where I have one of my best friends on planet Earth is from London. He's twenty eight years old, and we met when when I was running a cigar lounge in Kansas, and and he randomly walked in as like an eighteen year old kid. And we became best buds. And I know when I travel to DC, I stay at his place. Like we're just we're fucking buds, right? Yeah. Well, there's a few things that Tim Churchill, and yes, he's from London, and his name is Churchill. And oh. He smoked. Does he smoke Churchills? Oh my God. Yeah. Well, he, he actually likes Coronas, but whatever. Oh my God. Um, but <laughs> the first thing he did when he came to the United States was uh, number one, he was more liberal than the rest of the people in Kansas. Um. And two, he did he did three things immediately when he got to the States because all he'd smoked was uh, Cubans. And then he discovered Tatuaje and Aladino. Okay. And from then on, Tim Churchill was like, there's only three cigars. You need Cubans, you need Tatuaje, and you need Aladino. That's fucking it. That's it. And that's all he did was give those away to people. He also has really big glasses, thick bastards. He's blind as a bat. Hey. His hair. No, it's, it's worse than you, trust me. I was going to say, don't be making fun of anybody with thick glasses. He's, he's got this wavy, <laughs> slick back hair, and, and he has a certain way of talking. Within, like, meeting Lewis at the airport, I was like, oh, shit. He looks just like my buddy. They're the same age. They're from the same place. And they say the exact same shit in the same voice. Okay. And this is this is my fucking guy. This is my guy. And so we just clicked. And guess what? He he was handing out to everybody, Aladino, Tatawahe, and Cubans. That's the only things you need to smoke. Does he know your buddy? That's the thing. I was like, you guys have to be related. You have, you got to be cousins. Yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. And no, but uh, weird. He was a very hilarious. interesting young man. Yeah, well, well traveled, very smart, squirrely, yeah, <laughs> and a player. Ooh. Oh, 
Is he trying to get past the security guards to go down to the town to pick up some hunter no women? No one did that. No one did that on this trip. Hey, we didn't have to because well, there's plenty of good-looking girls that work at the factory. Oh. So, oh my. Oh. The two box girls? The girls oh, in the box oh, the shop? Girls run the box factory? <laughs> Hopefully, Husto, you're not watching this, and no offense if oh, you are. He's going to watch. He's going to watch. <laughs> but, yeah, but he's well, only going to focus on the fact that Trey Mack brought up Broadleaf. That is true. That is exactly right. Yeah, you could say anything. The whole trip, the whole trip Lewis was like, uh, he was like, uh, is there any way we can go back to the box factory? <laughs> come on, but I think maybe we should go to the box factory. Why does he want to go back to the box factory? Until until Andrea's friend showed up, and then she shot him down, and then he went back there. Yeah. Uh, Ale. Yeah. Oh, my oh, yeah. God. Plenty of good-looking women down there. There were there – were, but they literally came up to below my breasts. And you got they, some – you know you what know, I'm talking about? some breasts. Moobs. <laughs> moobs. My tits. Get your moobs. Um my man boobs. Well yeah, you know, they're 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 short people, small people. Let's be real. I, I barely come up to your breasts. That's true. That's but the true. one girl in the in the box factory was taller than that. She was five nine. She oh, was an attractive oh, young lady. Okay. A gigantress amongst the ladies. She was she was very, very large and very, very, very well proportioned. Okay, so um, so so this day, you guys obviously went to the box factory. Um, what, what else did you do on the second day of the farm trip? So, did we do anything else? The box factory takes up a lot of time. I bet it does. <laughs> it sounds like everybody wanted to stay at the box factory. Uh, but it is it is important because we don't think about the boxes that are made. Number one, we don't think about how expensive they are. It's gotten crazy expensive, but two, you don't know what all goes into making these things because even, they're important because the first sense you use to buy a cigar is your eyesight, right? Yeah, yeah. So the box is part of what draws you in, but then after that, people forget about it. <clears throat> so when you go down there and you actually see the process of making a, you know, a simple box, yeah, you see the manpower it takes to do it manually By and. Was yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. They literally get in blocks of wood that are, let's see, probably that tall, maybe twenty-two inches, okay, by twelve feet long, yeah. and they cut them down with their own saws and everything, and then sand them, and they do everything. Wow, it's unbelievable. They do all their own printing in house. They do all of their own, you know, and labeling. You, and you think about the dimension. They have to have the dimensions so perfect in order for those cigars to fit tightly, but not too tight in that in that box. You know, in those rows and everything. They, I mean, the measurements on they have to be precise. Just also think about that beautiful picture they have inside their lid. Yeah, that 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 beautiful picture. They put each one of those in by hand. I mean, yep. it's impressive. Very, very impressive. So, but we did more than just the box factory that day. We okay, did. So, what else did you we do? We got to actually see all the what are they pilones? Am I saying yeah. that right, Trey? I say pilones. Pilones. Yeah. And it's where they dry and age the tobacco. Okay. So these are probably ten or twelve feet long, and they're a, like a racetrack shape. Very, very meticulously placed. They actually had two guys in there lifting the mid uh, mid part of them and we got to feel the moisture and the heat that was inside them 
for their drying process. Because it's kind of almost was- like a. I mean, I, I mean, correct me, and obviously, I'm using this as a super generic term, but it's almost a compost kind of like situation, right? Like you've got these these stacks of leaves, and they're they're like sitting there and. And and like you said, the heat on them it, it's helping with the drying and the but it, a lot of chemical you know uh, yeah, I, who, I know what I'm still, saying. Who still hates the word fermentation? He hates never it. Used okay. The word fermentation. Okay. Because says that you know fermentation is the conversion of sugar into alcohol. He's like, we're not making alcohol. This is not fermentation. Okay. Um, but he, he was like, it's just an aging process. And the pilones, some of this stuff stays in pilones for two years. Or more. Yeah, exactly. And they have to uncover them and, and rotate them on a consistent basis. And that's where I'm kind of making the compa- uh, comparison like a compost pile, that yeah. you have to rotate and, and move around and, and everything with your compost pile. Yeah. Okay. But that's where the magic happens. And that's yeah. an art form. Even just the making of a pilon is an art form. It's just a beautiful, you know, well, if you're into streets. So awesome. Think about this, Nick. You tried to take. 40 items and make it perfect like a racetrack and then put 12 layers or 24 layers above it and make it perfectly flat on top. Yeah. The precision that these guys do is tremendous. Well, and I know um, that it's extraordinarily hard work moving all that around, like rotating it and everything, because um, uh, one time on the show, I know I had uh, – uh, your friend and mine, Trey Mac, Corey Frisbee, uh, on, and he did some work down in Oscar's farm. Uh, he was down there and he put in a whole day's work with those guys. Like, you know, he's like, I want to actually work with them and, and, uh, not just be the gringo that comes in, looks at it for five minutes and then leaves kind of thing. Right. And, uh, he told me just how much effort and work and just, he's like, you bust your ass doing that. Yeah. So. They do it all day. I mean, it's, it's what these guys do. It's it's their art form as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you get to see that. You get to see. Uh, you know, we went to the aging rooms. Uh, we went through the uh, ammonia. Oh gosh, that was <laughs> and uh, wildest feel in the world. Ken, I'll just tell you this: I sent Nick a bunch of pictures of you from the farm, and I've seen some one pic- of my. It's not just you coming out of the ammonia. I took a series of pictures to see your face change as <laughs> the process. And uh, it's wonderful. And in fact, I took pictures like that of every single person that went through that room. Okay. It wasn't just Everybody me. I'm coming glad. out has wild faces. Oh my God. But gosh. you literally, you go in there and I literally went in there and started talking to uh, Adriana and the guy who was doing the tour and she was kind of con- translating for us. And um, I was in there, I guess, a little longer than I probably should have been. Most guys walked in and just went in, walked to the other side, turned around and walked back out. But I literally stopped and talked in there for probably a good almost minute, minute and a half. Yeah, that's and too I much. Came out, my eyes, my skin and everything was burning. Oh, my God. Yeah. you These huge wheels, probably 15 feet tall and circular with spaces between them. And then there's boards that they hung these, the things that we were talking about in the Pilonis were hanging on these. They, they hammer them on, then take them off and they just flow free flowing. So all the leaves can separate the way they make them is precision. So everything 
when they go through this process, they all fan out and all of the ammonia comes out. So there's never a medicinal tasting cigar or that rancid acid taste that you get in some of the non-aged well cigars. Yeah, yeah. So you're sitting in there and we're watching this and the guy's explaining to me that there's two guys that work in there all the time that their job specifically is to go through and make sure that none of the leaves are touching on every row when they come through. If they are, they have to adjust. And these guys, I'm, I'm standing in there for less than two minutes and I'm almost dying. And these guys are in there for up to probably 40 minutes at a shot because they don't can't stay in too much longer. Yeah. yeah. So I can barely make a minute. Wow. Two minutes. Interesting. And that, uh, that wheel was uh, – Julio pioneered it for the cigar industry. Um, he didn't invent it, though. He, he took it from uh, – I believe it was uh, Europeans that yep. he'd seen use this. That's what and, they said. Uh, but Julio was the first per- person in our cigar market to use this technique as a final way of getting all the ammonia out. And uh, it is kind of the final step before the t- tobacco goes into its useful stage, if you will. Huh. And it stays in that wheel for about a day. It'll be another, it'll be a full day on the wheel, and then it's finally ready to go to its next phase. So, but yeah, that was the one thing that was. Unbelievable. We got to see every step in the process, literally from germination of a seed and all the way through for the how they keep it for the three years before it leaves the property. Yeah. Only one of the only factories in the whole trade, correct me if I'm wrong, from what we were told, you're one of the only factories that keeps all of their tobacco on property for no less than three years before you get it out. Yeah. Very few other properties do that. Interesting. There's a small handful of us. Yeah. And um, we watched, we got to see the whole process. We didn't get to see it in step by step order because of the way the farm is laid out, but we got to see all of the steps. And it was unbelievably eye opening and very informative. Okay. All right. So that, that, that's day two of the, of this trip. And so, um, yeah, let, let, let's do this and then we'll do day because correct me. So there's day three and then is yeah, that, day three, then we leave and, and then, then, transfer, then we go perfect. to the airport. This works perfect then. Then let's do this. Guess what, motherfucker? It's time for three cigars <laughs> we smoked and enjoyed this week. And uh, who wants to go first on this one? Ow. Well, I don't think it's going to be any surprise. I've smoked nothing but Aladino for 10 days. I mean, that's all right. I was just thinking the same thing. My list is, uh, except for yesterday, I I did smoke a very nice um, Opus X Shark. No, nice. So when I got back, I had two uh, two uh, members of mine who had just gone on a little expedition. Well, I guess it would be even my, myself and Mark went on the way down. We stopped at a few cigar lounges in uh, Del Rey, and we picked up some cigars and we picked up a shark. And we came back, and Mark and I both smoked it yesterday. And just I really enjoyed it. It was a busy day. I got about 45 minutes down at the end of the night. And he and I sat and smoked one. And it was a, an amazing cigar. All right, then. Um, well, I then I'll go. Um, but, yeah. No, nope, that was mine. You're next. Okay. So are, so that was your first one? or you? You're, That's yeah. one. I have one more. Okay. Okay. So my first one, uh, I finally tried the West Tampa Tobacco White. And uh, I've had the black, I've had the red, and I finally tried the white. I liked the white, 
Um, I think I do prefer the the black and the red more. It uh, the white is very good. It's just uh, I think the black and the red have just that little extra kick Body. that that uh, is more in my mm-hmm. wheelhouse. But the white is just a it was a fantastic smoke. I really did enjoy it. Oh, I think the white is really. I think it's really. I think it's a it's great cigar. Yeah, it gets well, overshadowed by what Ricky. Um, and that's the thing. I think for the most part, if I'm, if I'm, I hope I'm right about this. I think the black and the white are the same cigar, with the exception of the wrapper. Yeah, that's my understanding. Yeah, yeah. And so the white just is a little, little, little lighter in in body and and strength and all that, and it's it's really good. But uh, yeah, I I dug it. I just like I said, I think I like the black and the red just a little bit better. But that white was still out of this world. So we had a cigar. Well, one of the guys on the trip was, had some cigars with him and was very nice to give me one. And on the last night before we left, he handed me a beautiful, I don't even know what it was called. I have the label and I don't remember, but it was a limited edition Cuban made specifically for his lounge, his group of lounges that he he run or works at in London that he gifted me because I helped him out of a situation that was a, was a very minor situation, and he went over and above and handed me one of these, and I smoked it that night while I was there. It's a, it's a $300 Cuban. Oh, shit. It was one of the best cigars I've ever smoked in my life. All and, right. Yeah, and I actually literally texted him, and I said, if there's a way I can get another one, I'll pay for it, but I want to try that one more time because I cannot believe how good it was. I want to see if the next one will be the same. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. But I didn't realize it was that price. I, I, someone told me it was 150 pounds. Yeah, it's it's very close. Yeah, and I was just like, holy shit! And it was truly one of the best smokes I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. Neat. That's cool. Trey, do you have any more that you want? You're just you're just throwing out. I've smoked a shit ton of Aladino, or so. uh, I mean, there was a lot of new stuff. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't going to bring that up. So stuff I, you I, can't talk about is what you're saying. Kind of, but there's one I can talk about. Okay, okay. okay. Um, and the the last dinner that we were there, the the last night, everybody for dessert uh, got the the fuminoche. Okay, fuminoche is coming out at PCA. Um, and the the and I'm all about. It. We brought out the box. Uh, you know, we worked on this box for a long time. It's it's nice. Yeah. It's, it's a nice presentation. It's a nice cigar. Beautiful box. Man, the box they yeah. did a great job on. Pretty pretty excited about how that turned out, even though the the girl they kept it the secret and I was like, I was I was part of the design process. And then the finished product, everybody was like, Don't show train. Don't show train. Okay. Like, I was like, this is bullshit. And <laughs> I get to see the finished product when uh, when everybody else does, um, right? No, I mean, dude, it's another excuse for you to go to the box factory. I know. <laughs> so, oh, they they bring out the box and it's you know, and I was bone like, covered. It, it is exquisite. That is exactly how we had it laid out. I don't know why you've kept it a secret. They open the box, and Hoos was like, "Oh, what do you think? What do you think, Trey? This is like your guys's baby," and I just like. Had to be a Debbie Downer. Oh God! And you, I go. You had to be a dick, didn't you? And I, I, I did because yeah. I just kind of. I'm like Trey's excited, but secondary band we agreed was on the foot. 
not not the top. And there was like, oh, and then the girl from Malaysia came over Kate. and she was like, she was like, no, if you put the band on the foot, it'll look much more expensive. And I was like, I don't know. I, yeah. And they're like, Trey, aren't you excited? I'm like, no, I need to spend the foot like I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was butthurt. You should have seen his face. He literally was butthurt. Well, if they, they would have keyed him in the, from the, you know, through the process, it wouldn't have been wrong. Now, would it? You could have showed it to me a month ago. <laughs> but who still kept, like, fucking with me? Trey, and he was, don't show Trey until everybody else sees it. And, and then, then Trey, you put the band in the wrong spot. Do you remember what Al, um, Alexa, uh, no, um, what's her name? Um, Ashley said the one change that she would make if you had to rerun, and, and they all said the same thing. What was that? Where... I, I don't want to ruin the surprise, but where the word Aladino is is in silver. Red. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Trey asked for more red and got told because that was two bowls. The inside two of bowls. this box is totally different than the other box. Okay. Okay. All, that's it's, all I'll say. I'm it's looking very forward nice. to seeing it. It's, it looks like Aladino. It looks elegant, but it's also a step forward. Okay. And then the cigar itself is was- also the same. It's a step forward for us as it's a bolder representation. It's a stronger representation. It's still extremely well balanced and smooth. Okay. Oh, I'll say this. Smoke. It, it's it's so good. It's it is kind of like dessert in a way, and it's yes. called Minoche because it's your night smoke. You smoke this cigar at night, and then you're you're kind of done. Um, which was perfect because I'd only smoked it under the prototypes. Like during the day, and I was like, this thing is strong, and I don't say that very often. But after that big-ass Honduran meal, it was perfect because I was like, it doesn't feel as strong as it did. Nice. After a huge meal, and I was completely satisfied. You need to push that one with something sweet, like we finished with the flan. Yeah. That paired so well with that flan. That was amazing. Yeah, the only thing I was upset about was we were only allowed to have one of those because <laughs> after that first one, you were so excited to taste it that you really. I I always take I have I try finding something that I like. I have to smoke too because that first one you get so excited and you smoke real fast you don't get to really enjoy it. Yeah. That second one would have set that flavor in, and I think that would have been. Spe- I, I'm so looking forward for this release. Okay, it's gonna be Fuminoche is a blast. Okay, okay. Um, so yeah, so that we were talking about that at the airport the next day. How good that cigar was! We you never came back outside the front of the airport, but we were all sitting out front. We smoked three cigars before we even went behind custom. Nice, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, well, think of uh, if you've had the Sumatra. Okay, that was yes. yeah, yeah. Sumatra. If you've enjoyed that, think of that being on another level. Like take it another step further. In strength, in sweetness, in in all aspects, that's the Fuminoche. All right, then. All right. And, and I can I I don't I, tell me if I'm wrong on this tray, but when the finish on the Fuminoche, it is so much more balanced than the Sumatra. Yeah, it's so much smoother that it, it it really feels like you're smoking a two hundred dollar cigar with the way it finishes. Wow. Yeah, it's uh, when we were testing different blends for Fuminoche. You know, I said, this blend is good, that blend is good, and maybe they would sell, like, a ton, but none of them say night smoke like this one does. This one says, this is Oche. Yep. You're done after this. And I called it James Bond. 
Because I'm like, that's perfect. That's what exactly what I told Mark. Oh, it's odd because it's strong, but it's suave at the same time. It's, it's exactly what I told Mark. I go, awesome. we got back to the room, and that night I was like, Mark, there's certain things in life that you you do and you think and you touch and you taste that can t- compare to something specifically. I smoked that cigar, and that's exactly what I felt like. This is like being in a Bond film. You want to smoke this in a Bond film. So now you know where you need to go. They're starting to pass for the new Bond film. You need to get that to Broccoli, and you need to get her in that that movie. Done. There you go. You need to make that a a workhorse attempt to do. Make it happen. Because that would be the perfect cigar for it. I'll I'll get right on it. Make it happen. (laughs) So still working your Rogan. Okay. So so, con- Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> so continuing on the three cigars we smoked and enjoyed. Uh because I wanted I don't want to like forget that we're in that segment here. Oh um, I apologize. No, case. it's fine. Don't apologize. This is fun. So uh my second one, I was doing some driving. I stopped at this real small little um Kind of a little roll on up, you know, kind of, you know, liquor, cigar, kind of mart thing. I mean, it was nothing fancy. And by God, I found um, just the basic core line Padrones. And I had a Padron, I think it was the 6,000 is what they had. And uh, hard one to get. Yeah, it's just a basic core line, the little brown band, you know, just simple Padron. And by God, you know, that's not a cigar. That or the, that line, I don't think gets enough credit from Padron. Everybody talks about the, you know, the the anniversaries 64. and the and the ones with the years and everything like that. Sixty four and the twenty six. Dude, their core line is really affordable Stellar. and super good, and smokes like a it's champ. Very consistent. Yes. Very very consistent. very consistent. Smokes like a champ. So I want to give uh, give a little love to Padron there with that. I'm sure they need it, but you know, whatever. (laughs) I know. Right. But, um, and then I've got my last one. I don't know if you guys are, are, are you guys done? Should I do my last one? Go with your last one. So my last one, you guys heard it on the show on Tuesday. I smoked that Henry Clay Warhawk rebellious and I have had a box of those chilling in my humidor aging since I bought it in 2020. And that thing, I finally opened it up. Uh, cause I got that email from, from Tom and, uh, he said that he said that he's been doing the same thing and he smoked one and it was bitter. And he's like, dude, we may have, we may have passed the, the, the mark on this one. So I, I did it on the show and I got about halfway through it on the show and I finished it after recording. And without a doubt, that smoke has been the absolute highlight of my week. Like that thing smoked perfectly. Absolutely perfectly. The spice level on it has ramped up. I mean, I I've done a few retro hails tonight with uh, first with the Connecticut and then the uh, I'm actually this is my first of the uh, Corojo, just the the Coraline Corojo uh, Robustos. And I mean, look, there's some strength to this, but like, holy shit, man! I saw angels when I did that first retro hail on that that Warhawk <laughs> Rebellious, and like, it just smoked beautifully and i loved it so much so i'm so happy i have that box still but the problem is now i got 19 of them and it's open and now oh listen hey there's two of us sitting here you can send us some yeah right (laughs) i i absolutely love that cigar Mm -hmm. and 
I know you and I have had our our bitch sessions bitch sessions on here before. You ever see that cigar on how many how many lists did you see that on? Yeah. Oh yeah, no, no, no it's a really valid point, dude. They phenomenal cigar. They put out twenty four. It was twenty four thousand cigars. It was twelve hundred twelve hundred boxes. Yeah, twelve hundred boxes. I am. I personally. I purchased two whole boxes and I purchased a third by the single going to the shop all the time and basically buying out that box by the single. So I'm responsible for three of those boxes just myself. And I mean, I loved it. And I said it on Tuesday show. I don't know if it didn't sell or what the deal was, but I do not understand why Altidus didn't partner with AJ to make that like an annual limited release or something it's, like that. It's so good for the life so of me. Good. I don't get it. So, with the third cigar, I wasn't going to bring it up, but I'm going to. But uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. I've got the CAO Amazon Basin for this year. Mm. And I was able to get six boxes. Okay. Which apparently, and I am sorry to the rest of the country, most of you guys apparently were having an impossible time getting them. But I literally, I have five left. And I am not giving these to anybody else. <laughs> Maybe for the price point. Well, I'll rephrase that. The folks on the trip that came with us that I became friends with, I got, I'm sending two to each of them, and we're, we're trading sticks out. Okay, okay. So I've got six of them that I have to send out to three different lounges across two in Texas and one in California that I'm sending sticks out to, and then that leaves me five because there were boxes of 18, and I'd already smoked a few. But wow, unbelievably, all the way through, I'm, I, I smoked my cigars down pretty low. I literally burnt my fingertips holding the cigar trying to catch finish this because I did not want to put it down. See? There you go. So on the same level that you like that, the Henry Clay, yeah. this was tremendous. I, I'm so happy that I just set that thing back in the humidor and forgot about it. And, and that's uh, what I was going to smoke on the show just now, and I forgot I was with Trey, and I had to pull I out was an gonna, Aladino. Dude, and we're talking about the Aladino farm trip. You got you to do Aladino. I mean, I, I even broke to, out the right. hat. Can I, can I be an Aladino whore for just two seconds? You're paid to be an Aladino whore. Go for it. I'm, I'm a bit of a whore to begin with. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm here in, like, my fucking velour. You, know? I know. you got I, your D around your neck. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, Ken, I don't know if uh, they got mad at me because I made sure everybody didn't see it, but I also alerted everybody to its availability on the trip there. But we have something coming out. Uh, very exclusive. Uh, very few boxes are going to be made. Special select stores are going to get them this year. Farm stores. Anybody that's been to the farm will be one of them. So, Ken, you will be uh, one of the lucky folks that get these. And he's but, grinning like a Cheshire cat. Yeah. Thing. Um, we got a cigar coming out. It'll. We'll have it on display at, at PCA. We'll talk about it at PCA, but it, it won't launch. You'll get the boxes in... Mid middle of the year, okay. Um, but it's a cigar that's never been done in the industry. Never been done, which is hard to say. Pretty hard to say these things. It's a true unicorn, and it is absolutely a gift from the heavens. I mean, it is uh, All delightful. Right All right. So uh, that uh, will be extremely limited. Ken will be one of the places, and so will Dan the Man Ponder. Okay. Uh, there will be two places that get it midway through this year. And uh, was, I, what's that? 
Was this the one that I saw the box that I wasn't supposed to see when yeah, we went you, in? It was your the office? Cigar, his cigar. No, 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 no. So we were walking through on that last day after spending time with Julio and everything, which we haven't even got to yet. Um, but it was one of those moments where, like, we were walking by this table and I did a double and I was like, what the shit? Because they were banded, they're double bands. And I saw them and I just said out loud, I go, Nobody saw that. And then I stood in front of it and was like, everybody go, go, go. Nobody sees that. <laughs> because then, he's four primings and I'm nine primings, I actually did get to see it. <laughs> You're just like, mm, and, you know. And he still gets mad at me. He's like, oh, great way to tell everybody what was right there. And I was like, all I could think of was like, nobody can see this right now. Go, go, go. Yeah. But I said it out. And of course, everybody's like, Oh, what you talking about? What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to draw attention to it, Trey. But it's it's very rare that you can say this has not been done. Okay, okay. Get ready. It's going to be limited, very limited, but uh, it's delightful. It's a whole new flavor experience. I mean, will I be getting like you know press samples? Mm. Ah. How, many, how many of these things are made? Now, Nick, I'll make sure you get one, Nick. Hey, Nick, are you, you going to be at PCA, Nick? <sighs> it's not looking good. Not looking good? Not looking good. I knew you were, if you did TPE, that PCA was probably... Dude, it's of- not even that. It's, a, quite frankly, just PCA is just so freaking expensive. Like, it's insanely more expensive. I mean, with, with the Final Four, or not Final Four, the, uh, the no. tournament, the, the you know March Madness starting March Madness. You know, that weekend and everything. It's like rooms in Vegas and everything are just out of this world. And, and it's over a weekend versus TPE, which is during the week. And just there's a lot of, lot of components that go into it. So, like, again, once again, if there's anybody out there that wants to sponsor my trip to Vegas, uh, you know, about – Two grand will cover it, and I'll brand the hell out of all my coverage with your shit. Uh, I mean, you know, I'll, I will dress up like a fucking NASCAR driver with your logo all over me for that entire time. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. I don't think anybody's biting on that. Well, what, what if, you're gonna get some of these one way or the other. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll figure it out. I mean, if Dan's getting it, if Ken's getting it, one of the. I mean, you know, I'll figure it out. We're gonna- we're gonna hook you up. I'll one make way it or the other. I'll make it happen. So, and I'm gonna be driving through your neck of the woods too. So, when is that? I think it's April something. Oh, good, 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 good. Yeah. That'll be fun. How's your cigars, guys? Uh, we, we forgot about the cigars. My second one is almost gone. <laughs> I'm gonna be firing up my third robusto here in a second. <laughs> So I, I don't smoke 60 ring gauges ever. I knew we needed to make one, especially in the Maduro. Um, and that was such a, 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 such a good cigar. It's, I tell you what, I don't know if they, number one, it's not box pressed. It's round. So that will change the flavor because of the the temperature. Um, but then I think they probably also re-blended it for a larger size. This thing is a flavor bomb at a 60 ring gauge. Bomb goes really, really, really good with tequila. Yeah, it does. Ooh, there you go. I drank a bottle of tequila smoking one of those. <sighs> it went well. Tequila and I are are too good of friends that we're toxic together. So we have to have a third party involved. So like margaritas are good because you have sweet and sour and you have various other things. You know, like I just tequila by itself. When tequila and I get together, wacky wild what about shit just a tends line? to happen. 
Yeah, that's not long. enough. That's not enough. No, not no. enough. We're sitting out at the pool on the first night. I think we may have gone over this, but we're sitting out there, and I asked for some tequila. So Celeste goes and gets a little bottle of Jose Gold, Jose Cuervo Silver, and brings out, and I pour a little bit, and I put it on some ice, and was sipping it. Then she comes out with a bottle of Padron uh, Cristallo, which is a very good, very good higher end tequila that was frozen. And I had just finished my first glass of tequila. And so I poured myself a glass and three other people poured themselves a glass of the same tequila. Cause that was the only thing that was brought out because it was the only thing that was asked for. And then one of the guys said, well, do you have any kind of scotch or bourbon? So she goes in and gets a jo- bottle of Johnny Walker black. They bring that and they were like, Oh, there's booze. I was like, you guys want to go get that and not finish your tequila? They go, yeah. I was like, here's my glass. You can pour your tequila into my glass. So basically I had a full glass of tequila, which was like two thirds of the bottle. Uh Uh-huh. I didn't plan it this way. It just happened to work out in my favor. And I, (laughs) in your, we all sat there around the pool talking with our feet in the pool and a few guys in the pool. And we're sitting there talking, and about three hours later, I finished that tequila, and I tried standing up, and I was like, this is not working well. See, I thought when you were going to say about three hours later, that's when the clothes came off and things got really weird no, in the pool. But okay. No, actually. That tends Trey, to happen with we, tequila. Were we a rowdy crew? We were, no, I thought we no, were well behaved. It was legitimately the best group I've been a part of because, you know, again, we had London, uh, Hungary, and Malaysia mixed in with the U.S., and at the same time, like everybody had a good time. Hell, we even danced. We haven't even got to that yet. Yeah. Oh, good lord. We had a great time together, but no one was ridiculous. That's it was good. all. It was very nice. Well, very nice. It's it's adults partying versus man children. I've had plenty of adults down there that got a little, you know, included. This guy, man, I've done man children. That's that's what that's the difference. You know, it's like you can be an adult and party versus like you know. Being a moron, but it was it was all conveyed from the very beginning because Husto and his wife Vivian were so professional and so nice on the whole process that when we all got there, the whole group kind of blended really well at the airport. First of all, getting along and starting to talk, and then on the bus, everyone was just tired. Yeah. It was just a long yeah. day, and so. People slept. Some people talked. Lewis didn't stop talking. Then he fell asleep and then woke up again. And we're sitting there listening, and I'm sitting at the front of the bus. And everyone, whoop, hello? What? Yeah, we hear you. You hear me? Are you there? Yeah. I can't even see you. Hold on. I can see there you. There we go. Oh. My screen just went blank. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we hear you. We see you. And um, it just, it was, everyone blended really, really well. It was very interesting to see because that doesn't typically happen when you have a group of 20 people. Yeah. Some people are going to clash. Some people are not, but everyone got along really well. It was, it was so comfortable that on the first day girls came out in bathing suits to get in the pool, which you in a group, you typically won't see because they feel uncomfortable. Interesting. Everybody, everybody was in the pool this trip. Yeah. Every- okay. Well, it, it was, was awesome. It was also above eighty every day, which you know, I mean that that that's good. Was, that, that, that's a really good point. It that's was good, it was hot. Good pool weather right there. So I'm, I'm going to make a quick plug, Ken. Um, yes, sir. It's uh, Maduro sixty. Sixty. 
while you do that, I'm going to turn on my heater. So Okay, I just thought of something. So this would go really well with two things, and this is going to sound bizarre, but I want people to try it. Tequila and Teddy Grahams. As I said, something sweet with that cigar has Teddy to go. Graham. I wouldn't have picked Teddy Grahams. Never would have thought of that one, but yes, I can see that. Because I'm getting like cinnamon and molasses with the cigar. That's why I said the flan was perfect. Yeah. The sweetness oh. of like the molasses. The flan was amazing. That flan was every night at the end of dinner. That was our dessert. And it paired so well. The candela, I was surprised because I smoked, everyone else is smoking the darker one. And they brought out the candela. And it has a wrap of Corojo and then the candela around it. And the sweetness of that Corojo with that with that flan in your ha- taste in your mouth was sublime. It was fantastic. That's a very unique and tasty cigar. Love it. Interesting. Interesting. And they're I, out. They should be out in most places now. I'll be yeah. honest. I'm not the biggest flan fan. Oh, you need to come to the farm, bro. It's next just, year. It's a very oh. odd textural next, thing. I listen, just, I'm not the biggest next, flan fan. Stop it. You're coming to the farm next year? <laughs> I got to get my okay. passport done. In fact, I'll get, get your it passport done. It's, it's, I just got to renew, but yeah. You and Ken are coming together. I don't give a fuck what you say right oh, now. Oh, God. Oh, God. And you're going to do a show. From there. From where Julio sits and drinks and sees the sunrise, the yeah. backdrop, that spot. Yeah. Perfect. You got it. I love it. it. I love it. You know what? You got it. Okay. Nick. Make sure you're ready to walk, though. Oh, There's no stopping on. So, okay, just for the record, for the record, I think I mentioned this in the last episode that, you know, post-TPE, I've been, like, kind of making some lifestyle changes, you know. Nothing dramatic because, you know, you go dramatic, then at some point you rubber band back and, you know, you yo-yo and everything. But, you know, little things, little things. I'd like to point out that I am now 10 pounds down, you know. Nice. as a As of February 5th, to yesterday i'm 10 pounds nice. down so good work buddy yeah. so you know we're, we're working it we're getting it you know so yeah but One of those things. that will be a lot of fun and we will sit we're gonna have to sit there you, trey you're gonna have to talk vivi vivi to come in on this conversation we're gonna when we when we broadcast from there oh yeah 100 percent. and andrea andrea she, yeah i don't yeah. know do we bring Husto on for, for a short bit, yeah, maybe okay. for a short bit. Because he'll go to bed before we're done recording. Yeah, that's what he does. He sneaks off to bed super early. Yeah. Mm. I finished my cigar, guys. That's funny. I just fired up another one. So, um, so okay. Um, day three. Actually, I'm, I'm going to be blank screen for a sec because I am going to grab another one because oh, I'm in the mood. Okay. All right. Well, you know what? This is a perfectly good time for me to go to video only, swap out some yeah. buttons, and uh, so we'll come back to the audio here in just a second. All right, and we're back on the audio side, hey and guys. Uh, you guys, you know, there's a little bit of extra detail that you, you may it's have missed. I explained how to hit on women in Honduras. Yes, and you get a lesson on hitting on women in Honduras from Trey Mack. From so, Trey, take it with a grain of salt. So check out the video-only portion uh, of the episode. <laughs> I mean, you know, apparently it's got a 100% kill rate, so, you know, you got going. There you go. Um, it kills their mood instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's get 
get into day three here. Day three probably was the most exciting of all the days. We literally got to sit with a legend. We got up in the morning, we had our breakfast, we had our cigar, and then we headed back down to where the box factory and all of the ah, tobacco back was to the box factory. and everything. And we got to sit down with Julio, Justo's dad, who started the farm. Tell me if I'm saying something incorrect, please, Trey. But Julio's the one who came to Honduras, planted Honduras, and created Honduras into what it is in the tobacco world right now. Yep. And we got to spend basically an hour and a half with him, one-on-one questions. Our group of 18 of us, probably 20 of us with the family there, 21, got to sit and Julio uh, was sitting in his chair, smoking, doing his tastings like he does every day, his samples to make sure everything is perfect in the cigars. We got to see his garbage can with his 30 cigars that he'd already tried for the day. Oh, and he had probably 30 more to go that next for the rest of the day. What he size he walks it? out, goes, what? grabs one off of a pile and brings it back and just sample uh, tests it. What size does he smoke? Like, like are Anything these, that's are being these... rolled. Okay, so these aren't specially made like for him. This is like he's no, just going no. out and like random sampling the stuff that's going he, out to stores. His office literally looks right directly into the rolling room. Okay, okay. And so he, he just literally gets up, walks into there, goes to some one random person, picks one out of their pile, takes it and walks back to his desk and sits down. Okay. If he were gonna smoke something for himself, it's usually a Rothschild. Okay. Um he he really likes that size. But like last year when we were trying to like come out with more 60 ring gauges, I mean, he's got an ashtray that fits 10 cigars. Yeah. And when I sat with him doing a tasting deal with just me and him, he had 10 different 60 ring gauges all lit. Oh, and shit. He was bang, bang, bang. He was so when he's doing so when he's doing these tastings, he's obviously not yeah. finishing these cigars all the way down. No. Okay. No. Okay. But there's always like 10 burning at once. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we literally got to sit there and ask him questions, and there were some very good questions, and his answers are when you when you sit and you, you hear smart people talking in their fields, and you're, you, you, you get awed and in shock, and you're just like kind of awestruck and just sitting there staring at someone. This is kind of like all 20 of us were doing with him. We would ask questions and he would bring in history and tell us the history of why before he got into the answer he would go back and tell us the the origins of where this question came from and then bring you to the point of what you asked he didn't just answer your questions in seven words it was literally a five to ten minute dissertation on how it got to that process to that point yeah which was amazing well i mean he's arguably the last of the mount rushmore cigar guys that are out there at this point you know, no. so like if you're Hands looking, down. so if you're looking for cigar history and like the process, I mean, there's very few people that you're going to find that, you know, uh, know what he knows. Yeah, 100%. Are we allowed to talk about what's happening on Tuesday? Uh, wait, what's happening on Tuesday? Interview. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. You can, I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, so uh, start. Everybody's flying. All the family's flying back to Honduras on Monday. Okay, because that's when uh, filming will start for the next couple weeks on uh, the documentary on Julio. Nice. 
So uh, if anybody out there, if you if you have watched Hand Rolled, yeah, uh, you know Pete Johnson's behind that. Um, you know the quality that they do. If you haven't watched Hand Rolled, it's on YouTube and it's phenomenal. And if you smoke cigars, you should watch. You Hand should Rolled. totally watch Hand Rolled. Now, uh, has the J.C. Newman one come out at this I point? Don't, I don't know. I don't know that it's on YouTube. I think okay. you can go to their website and Why, pay for it. Pay for probably. it there. Okay. All right. Because that, that um, was showed at PCA last year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And another phenomenal. But the next one is actually on the life of Julio. Fantastic. That's awesome. So this would be, if I'm not mistaken, this is number three in the series, correct? Yeah. As far as I know. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, that no, I mean that's important because, you know, like I was saying, I mean, there's very few people, if anybody, that's got the 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 knowledge and the history and the the life experience that he's got. So, you know, it's kind of like when you're interviewing these war veterans and things like that. It's like, man, get those stories while you can because you don't know. I mean, not that we wish, it, or, you know, definitely not speaking like anything's going to happen. But time marches well, on for all of us as well. You know, yeah. well, yeah, and but really I'm just saying. Bay of Pigs plus Korea. Yeah. But I'm just saying, time marches on for all of us, you know? So so get those stories while you can. So, no, that's fantastic. I love hearing that. Nick, you and I will, you know, 50 years from now, we'll be like, I remember when I was at Chaz out in in, uh, Oregon or fucking wherever the fuck Chaz is and and we're fighting off Antifa. We'll talk about that. (laughs) God. <laughs> you don't have you don't oh know trey the blue hairs were coming at his left and right trey 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 you are so being generous assuming that either one of us are lasting another 50 years buddy this is a good point, a good point. <laughs> i mean let's be real <laughs> grandpa tell us about the antifa riots of 2020 <laughs> well i sat around and smoked cigars all day <laughs> I, I was in my tent. Exactly. I watched the blue hairs. Come here. <laughs> no one saw me in my tent. I was I was warm. I was smoking. I was good. <laughs> I oh. had my heater going. I had to turn it on. It was I had it off for most How of the cold show. Is it there? Um, you know, it's uh let me check. Um it actually was very nice today. We hit like sixty seven, I think, today. It's currently forty eight out. Oh, that's we're we're not far behind you down here in Florida. We're at oh, I guess we're a little ahead of you. We're at six. We're at sixty now, but we're going down to forty-five. <laughs> the fuck! I'm like I'm at forty-eight, and you're at sixty. That's a pretty big difference, actually. <laughs> of course, you have, well, we, to, you have we only got to seventy-one today, though. Uh, okay, so I was only about four degrees off from you, I think. So yeah. Yeah, That's what okay. I'm saying. We're not far off. It's the weather report brought to you by the Cigar Pulpit. So, <laughs> um, All right. So third day, you're sitting around with Julio and you're doing this. And is that like the – the? I mean, I'm, not, no, say, I'm not saying this to say it as in like, is that all? I'm saying that like, was there no, anything else? Because, I mean, that's, a, no, you, that's huge in and of itself. You get to go through the aging rooms. You get to see uh, the rolling process. You okay. get to roll a cigar and then – Okay, uh, so that day is more of the construction of the cigars because up to correct. this point, you've seen the farming process, you've seen like the uh, the, the preparation and aging process for the tobacco and how they yep. they get the tobacco ready. So third day is the actual construction of the cigar. Correct. 
And, okay. a, and a, a hand few, a hand, not everyone, but most people got to set and actually try to roll a cigar from scratch. And to oh, me, God. I've got some video that's some funny shit. Because I watched, I videoed like four or five different people trying to roll cigars. And he, the guy came over and showed us three cigars on how to roll them. We were in the first group. And he showed us how to roll them. Only one person really paid attention, apparently, because the other guys were so bad. It was hilarious. And Mark being one of those bad ones, <laughs> the one you just met earlier. Yeah, you had he to, went first. You had to throw Mark under the bus again, didn't you? And, and, and he would, he'll own this one because he, he, he even said at the end, he goes, I really should have paid attention. Oh. And, um, but Why, we're, they showed us how to play, lay the, the, the wrapper down first, and then you put the, the other one across it. Uh, partially and then you shove the filler in and then you roll up use this little machine to to roll it and compress it and now that did that they were not good and the funny funny thing is ken is that that lieberman machine basically that's that's helping you guys out that's cheating on how to make the the real people don't do that they don't do that shit but (laughs) put them on the lieberman make that part easy uh so did you roll one ken I didn't. I I wasn't one of the ones who were picked for that. I just got to oh. sit and watch. Okay. Okay. Well, you got to drive. Uh, apparently, I was the only one who really paid attention to what they were doing because I was helping other ones place the tobacco correctly. That's except funny. for I put the I put the tobacco the main rolling leaf upside down. The veins are supposed to be on God. the inside. I put it on the top, so I didn't have the shiny part up. I uh, and I, I screwed up. Oh my God! Julio would have kicked your cigar straight to the curb. Quality Julio can- was standing next to me, and he was just laughing. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> um, but, so did they get to smoke their cigars, or the were process? they just not no, even? No, no, they, they were they were not smokable. They weren't smokable. <laughs> no, no. On the, they had that the draw test of every cigar that they make goes through a draw test, mm. and it goes between was it is it twenty and thirty or thirty and forty that it has to go through? PSI. It needs to be between uh, if I remember right, thirty to forty. That's what I thought. Great. So okay. And so if we would have put these on him, this would have been about a 70 because they, were, yeah. so they weren't packed nearly tight enough. Yeah, yeah. So there would have been a lot of, lot of air coming through, so okay. it would not have done well. But that was impressive to me. All of us, I think, we all talked about that that night at dinner, that every single cigar that everyone rolls gets put through these machines. Yep. And guys- the rate of failure is less than 0.1%. Do you guys talk about that at all, Trey? Because, like, I, you know, there are companies, I can think of at least one right off the top of my head, that, like, really highlights the fact that they, like, draw test every cigar. And I don't feel like that's something that you guys, like, really trumpet. Sure well, and it's it's funny because, again, this was the machine, one of the machines that Julio really was one of the first ones to adopt and use. I mean, they've been using these machines for decades. Yeah. I think for us at this point, it's just like, isn't that expected, folks? Like, shouldn't you expect that? You should, but obviously not every company does it. Yeah, or I know, uh, like, a lot of the uh, British guys have, have been to a lot of the Cuban factories. Uh-huh. They were like, Cuba has these machines, too, but they only use the machine on their high-end products. Mm. Everything else is like, that looks good, that looks good. The high-end products all go through the machine. 
and they so they were amazed that like oh like it, everything goes through that machine like yeah everything and then and you'll see it too down to tata scan yeah and and you'll see it too that when the the rollers bring over their bundle of cigars and then it goes through the draw test and let's say if two of those cigars didn't qualify they get put off to the side and that roller only gets credit for 18 cigars instead of 20 mm-hmm. and and that's so really the guy you want to kiss ass is the, the draw test guy because he decided how many cigars he made that day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, which was also cool because I've been going back for so many years now. And there's two people running draw test machines all day. And one of those guys, I'm like, that's been the same guy every day I've ever been here. Same dude doing the same thing all day. Yeah. I'm like, that guy's a boss. There you go. You, you don't you want to make that guy happy because he decides how you get paid that day. Well, and that's the thing. It also is good incentive for the rollers, which is what leads back to that very low failure rate, is that that's how they're getting paid for the day. I mean, if they have a yeah. bunch of – if they're putting forth a bunch of cigars that don't pass that draw test, then that's eaten into their bottom line. That's, that's funny. That's yeah. a great transition, Nick, because also when they finish that draw test, they bundle them in packs of 50. And, and the, the when they weigh those packs of 50 – between every pack we were we weighed, there was less than a 1.2 gram diff or 1.2 ounce difference of 50 cigars. Really? That's how consistent these guys are. Wow. Yeah. We That's- weighed 10 different 10 different packs of 50, and there was less than two ounces difference between all of them. That's really impressive. That's really it was impressive. it was staggering. Interesting. So, what else did you guys cover on the third day, or is no, that no? There was. Part of the process that they do, and I'm not sure if you're the only ones who do it, but it seemed like you might be some some other ones may have done it. But all of their cigars before they get shipped get put into a freezer for two weeks. Okay. To crystallize any kind of any if there's any kind of mi- microbial or beetle or beetle any, whatever or the word yeah. that gets rid of them, then they bring it into a refrigerator for three days before they ship to bring them back up, and then they get shipped. Interesting. Well, that's yeah. good. Nobody wants any creepy crawlers nice. in their butt. Yeah. was very nice Cigars. to stand in for a little while, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's, I, I always have to tell everybody because it's so hot and we've been sweating and then we go in the freezer and it feels amazing. And I say the same thing every year. Don't say that to Just a reminder, folks, this machine is made to kill living organisms. <laughs> um, we go in and we go out. We don't stay here. Right? <laughs> don't want to die. And then you get to see um, – what else do you get to see um, – you see the the process of them putting the cellophane on and how fast they do that. The women who do that, the the labels and everything. Yeah, it's amazing. There was probably twenty girls, twenty people, few guys, and mostly women doing it, and how fast they do it. I can't get the cellophane back. I can't get a cigar back in the cellophane if I try. No, and they do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like okay. When people come into the shop and they're like, "Do you want this cut?" Yeah, but I'm going to take it with me. I'm telling them, I'm not putting it back in the cellophane. I'll give you a bag. Trey Max nice. doing fireworks down there on his nice. on his Zoom screen for those of you in the YouTube. Nice. Um, no, funny. that's awesome. That I, I, you know, I've always been told that after you take one of these farm tours, that you come away with just an absolute greater appreciation for the product and the the artisan uh, work that goes into it. And that one of the thoughts that you always have when you come away is that it's astounding that cigars cost 
as little as they cost when you 100%. take when you take all that into account. One hundred percent. We were all talking about that at the airport when we when we got back sitting around. We were literally sitting outside the front doors of the airport, and there was a group of fifteen of us with cigars, and we were just sitting there smoking for three hours, two and a half, three hours, and we were all talking about how do they only cost this much? There's three years of labor and work put into these before they even get to the process of being sold, and there's they're seven, six, twelve dollars, eighteen dollars a stick. Yeah, how yeah. does that happen? Yeah, and you always hear people say, you know, 300 hands have touched this before you do. And you're like, yeah, okay. And then you go see it, and you're like, oh. 300 uh, hands touched this. Yeah, it's probably not. Uh, an they had 600 employees on the farm. Okay. That they take care of. Yeah. That these people are so grateful to them. It's, it's You think that uh, you, 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 you see things in America that – People, you go to the farm and people are just, it's a job. I need to do this. These people were truly happy to be there. They were smiling. They were friendly. They all waved at us. They all tried to communicate with us. It was amazing. Yeah, it's, it's super cool. It's a very special place and my favorite place on planet Earth. That's awesome. It really, it may have become one of mine. And I've traveled a lot, not as much as some people, but I've traveled quite a bit. But that was an impressive week four days there's a, there's a spirit or an energy that's there. it yeah, an energy that's it and you fully you get the full representation that final night after the meal the fuminoche and then for the first time ever we've never done this we had uh a large group of honduran dancers put on a show um and then they all invited us to dance with them at the end and i know oh, i know ken got funky oh Hold on. Okay, you remember how we said how tall these people are? Yeah. How lack of tall <laughs> oh, these folks are? This is so great. you're just towering well, over them? I'm, I'm sitting down, and we're all, like Mark and I and Husto, we're all sitting next to each other talking, and this, we're watching this dance, and all of a sudden these people come up to ask us to dance. So Husto gets pulled up, Mark gets pulled up, and I'm still sitting there, and hands down the shortest person there, she may have been four foot six, comes and gets me to dance, and when I stood up, she goes, oi. <laughs> she just looked at me and just, and because they're pirouetting it, we're each spinning each other. She could not reach her hand to the top of my head to spin me. I'm sitting there oh crouched. Oh my god! Ask Trey. I was crouched for 40 minutes, dancing like in a squat position. It was hilarious. That's uh, but awesome. it was but, it was awesome to see everybody get out there and dance. And but the 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 highlight of the night was Trey molesting Susia La Susia. This did happen. This did happen. What did so, you do? One of the dance routines was about a routine about kind of their version of the chubacabra. It's a uh, an animal face, a woman's body. It goes around and steals or, or, or abducts people. Dude, it's got a woman's body. Trays in. So this. this <laughs> Wait, it gets better. <laughs> don't you know they would pick me out of the crowd? Oh, no, I get a it. phrase from your dad. Wait, it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> um, so we're this guy's in the middle of the, the Susias in, in, in the play and dancing and uh, with everybody and trying to do their stuff and is having fun. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're over literally probably 
15 feet away from us. And we're all sitting back around the pool area and right in front of the house. And this La Susia comes out and comes and grabs Trey. And first thing Trey does is grab this fake pits on this animal that are just dangling because he's holding them. And he just starts motorboating. Them. Of course he does. <laughs> okay, listen, listen, in my defense, I'm like, I know that's a dude dressed up as a chick. Okay. I'm glad you went there because that was my next step. I know it's a dude dressed as a chick, and so I have no problem grabbing these fake boobs and doing the thing. Because you right? knew they weren't real boobs that you were grabbing. Yeah, yeah. And then and then Lasucia ended up in the hammock with one of uh, the the British guys, <laughs> Sam. And afterwards, there was this whole argument. Was like, was that a dude or a chick? And I'm like, it's totally a dude. I grabbed his tits. And then everybody else is like, no, it was a chick. Like, I know, I, I know for sure that was a chick. And I'm like, no, it was a dude. Yeah. There was no way that could have been a chick. This whole argument, I'm like, I grabbed the titties, guys. Like, they, they <laughs> trust me. Like, uh, but it was hilarious. Yeah, but we got so. up. Everyone danced for like 30 minutes with them at the end, and that basically wrapped up our event. It, it was a great event. But I am going to bring up one point. I had two two major goals on this trip: to learn as much as possible about Aladino, and I wanted to get Julio and Justo's signature on one of their boxes yeah and i I think it may have turned into a tradition now am i out speaking myself there trey no so i went and got julio's signature while we were talking to him and when we were all leaving he was still sitting down i asked him if he could sign this piece of wood that i took from the scrap pile there and this one of the daughters vivi said ken that's a really good idea why don't we just do this for everyone and I was like, well, I wanted this to be special for me. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck everybody. This is mine. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, you know something? We talked about it the day before because that's when I asked for it. And we thought we were going to get it the day before because I did not know this. the third day was going to happen the way it did. So when I got his signature and then I got Husto's signature, but then the family all signed in on it. The two daughters, the mom, and you, Trey signed it. And then everyone. So we got them to do one for everyone. And it was really cool because no one was expecting it. And it was, they did it on one that said, you know how all of the Aladino lids have the Aladino with the, what is it, 1947 to 1961? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, Wait, everyone signed on uh, that. Can, there you go. You kind of see Actually, that. I have mine here, too. I could show you. <laughs> I just thought about it. I just looked up. It's sitting on my counter. But it was it was great. Everyone was so happy. And then we took one and signed. Everyone got them. And signed for everyone else. Okay. It was very, very cool. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. It's a nice little memento of the trip. It was very nice. Well, while Trey is off getting what he's getting, let's go ahead and hear about my monthly cigars. This would normally be the time that I give some information about my monthly cigars, but I've hired that out this week, so take it away. My Monthly Cigars is a premium cigar subscription service. It comes in a variety of different size boxes at affordable prices. Use offer code PULPIT and get free shipping on your first box and 20% off any items in the online store at MyMonthlyCigars.com. That's offer code PULPIT. Thanks. 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 We need to bring Pinky next year when we go. 
Pinkies, pinkies, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not gonna out it. It's a, it's a thing. Um, hey, I'm not gonna say nothing. I'm I was not gonna say. Shit. So, uh, yeah. While you're over there, at mymonthlycigars.com. Make sure you check out the fucking good coffee, including the lounge blend and the uh, pulpit blend, which is the daily press. So, um, Gervais is a dirty little fucker. Trey, I'm, show I'm sorry. That, that that lid. I just want to say one thing. Gervais is a dirty little fucker. <laughs> I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But, no, you know. <laughs> no. I've never met him. I can't say. I, I don't know. Okay. He's a good dude, but a dirty little fucker. <laughs> I'll take your word on it. So, so everybody signed these. We had the Aladino, and then the family signed, and then other people signed on the back. So it's so like it a little like, yearbook. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice little we started a tradition. Yeah. I haven't read any of these. They're probably like, Trey, go fuck yourself. <laughs> I swear no, no, it no, was a chick, Trey. We didn't know which one was yours, Trey. We were trying to figure that out so we could do that, but we couldn't figure oh, it out because we were okay, all there all together. Right. We didn't know which one you were going to grab. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Okay, so then on the last day, obviously, you guys, what, get up, have oh, breakfast, and then pile to the up. airport? We didn't even go to bed. Get up at 4 a.m. Oh, fuck. On the last day. So you're probably partying the most that night because it's your last night with uh-huh. the dancers. And then at 4 a.m., you get up, you drink some coffee, eat some fruit, and you get on that bus to go another five hours to the airport. And uh, we... We did get stopped this time on the way on that where we were talking about the yeah. lane earlier. We got it stopped for about 35 minutes. Yeah, it could have been worse. We got yep. we still got lucky. It was a Saturday morning, and it wasn't quite that busy. It was about 7 o'clock, 6.30 yeah. when we hit that spot. The sun yeah. was just coming up. But, ooh, that was rough. We got to the airport, <laughs> and we uh, made some – we didn't make any mistakes till we got to the airport, and we uh, drank the drinks and ate the ice, and uh, – Paid for that when we got to the and U.S. That ice was yes, not reverse did. osmosis, like no, you know, no, it, it wasn't. We <laughs> make that price. Um, and then uh, you'll hear more about what happened to me on the ride home later. Okay, later. I think probably for a tales on the road sort of thing. I was going to say that segment needs to start up. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> This one's good because I experienced things on a plane that I've never experienced before. You remember how Trey was trying to pick up that girl in in, in Honduras? Yeah. He tried it on the plane and tell him what happened, Trey. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh. All I've got to say is American Airlines is probably going to have at least one lawsuit, maybe others. Oh, God. What happened on my flight home? Not from um, you. No, not for me, <laughs> although I was very upset. From my point of view, I was pissed off. And then when I saw what happened to everybody else, I was like, <laughs> luckily I'm young and halfway alive. Oh or, my uh, God. Plane. Now so, I need to hear this because I didn't hear any of this either. All right. I sent, well, a, I sent, a, picture sent a picture to the group. Yeah, yeah, where you saw... I saw what happened, but I don't know what led up and what happened. All right, well, that. you know, if this is going to be a Tales from the Road thing, then... then the listeners can wait, but by God, when we get off the Zoom, I want to know. I want to hear what this is because <laughs> this sounds good. Um, well, that's that. doing all those graphics. Fuck. No, he's I, been doing I, I gotta, This is the second time he's been on Zoom with me I, and that he's done this shit, and I don't know how he's doing it. I don't know how I'm doing it either. I have no clue. Liar. Like, no. So, like, he does the thumbs up thing. 
and I'm doing it, and I don't get shit. And then he does it, and he's got freaking fireworks and all kinds of other shit going on. I don't know. I think he's. I think he's. Oh, I, and and it, it's crazier uh, because I was on, I was on uh, Facetime with the family today, trying to work some shit out. And I was like, I was doing this, and all of a sudden, all these question marks came above my head. What? And the girls were like, "What the fuck is that?" I'm like, "I have no idea." <laughs> I, I literally don't know what's causing all of this. Oh to my happen. god! So, so weird. weird. So weird. Um, all right. So, so uh, you're back. Everybody's, you know, I mean, you, you dealt with the ramifications of the airport ice, but, uh, you know, um, final, final thoughts and reflections on the trip. Again, I've done this trip a few times. It's my favorite place on earth. Um, this was the best group we've had, which is saying a lot because I said that last year with the lounges that all went uh but this group was uh very special it was good to have uh the foreign influence and everybody asked so many questions and we just we there were so many new friendships that were made uh that i think will will last for sure um it was a very beautiful trip i can't wait to go back and i'll 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 part with what lewis told me at 4 a.m. when we were getting ready to get on the bus to to leave. Hey, mate, you think you could help me break my leg so I can stay here a little bit longer? <laughs> yeah. And he's British, not Australian. Yeah, but he says <laughs> mate. So okay. I, don't, I don't understand Australian mate versus Wales mate versus Essex mate, but they do say them differently. I say them all the same. Um but they do say them differently. I don't understand what makes one high class and one a fucking billabong. Wow. <laughs> you just smoke a bong, right? Yeah. I smoke there, a bong. there you go. And you didn't have any trouble with the, uh, the dogs on the way back, Ken? No, no, no trouble with the dogs. No, no. What I did have trouble was with connecting to the internet. I had to actually go back into their living quarters where the internet was good enough because we couldn't get a signal strong enough to get onto the internet where we were at the pool area. Ah. But, but we are getting Starlink like next week. Ooh, there you go. So Starlink will be out in Honduras finally. Very there nice. You go. Very cool. Very cool. So I am definitely looking forward to another visit. If you're going to be there, that should be an awful lot of fun. I mean, it sounds like I'm getting abducted one way or the other. So, I mean, like, I better have my shit together for it. I'm just worried about what the fucking dogs are going to find in your bag. Hey, I am a very <laughs> good traveler. One of the dog gets in there and it's literally dog treats. And then they, <laughs> it's my favorite snack. I mean, what? Nothing better than a nice... Have you ever, have you ever eaten those things? They're not bad, actually. Milk bone and, cookie. Oh, you know? by yeah. the way, did I hear something about Pulpit Fest? Yes. Oh. So so yeah, before we uh before we Big wrap this stuff. up, before we wrap this up, I did announce it on Tuesday that yes, Ken, you have graciously uh offered to to host Pulpit Fest 2024 and so it will be at your shop on August 23rd and 24th and you know, Sunday the 25th. I mean, that there'll be probably a casual day and everything like that, you know. There better so, be a birth birth birthday cake cuz that's my birthday. I know that's your birthday. So no, we're having a big old birthday party there. So so yes, yeah, so I made one celebrity guest announcement in Tuesday's episode that Jerry Pulaski himself will be Jerry? at Pul- 
Well, but Jer- Jerry Pulaski is gonna 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 Cape Fear style ride a bus down to Palm Coast from Wisconsin. There, he's gonna uh, oh, hook himself Lord. to the undercarriage of the bus, you know, and and uh, ride down, you know. Uh, nice. Yeah. And so, um, do we have another announcement that we want to go ahead and say? Not, not hundred percent yet. So let's let's. Oh, sure. this we is why I asked you before we started recording. But okay, that's fine. That's We're fine. almost positive, Trey. Right? We put that on the books. We so did put it on the books. So we're not. A, he he couldn't. We can't say for a hundred percent sure, but it's like ninety six percent. But what we do have is at least four of the folks from our group that went to Honduras with us will be here. Okay. And you have about eight new listeners, by the way. Hey, I love that. <laughs> so you will start seeing your numbers increasing a little bit in California and Texas okay. and probably London. I, you know what? I like the UK listeners. I have, I have so, a good, solid group of UK listeners over there. I always talk about Sweden because that's where you know Bjorn's at. But by God, there are some really solid UK listeners. Would you bang Bjorn? No. I like women. Bjorn's a nice guy, but I just want to throw it out there. I love you, Bjorn. Bjorn, no, Bjorn I, you need to come to Florida. I love you, Bjorn, but I'm not going to bang you. This is the fifth annual, correct? Am I, am I, am I incorrect with my numbers? Uh, bah, bah, bah. Whoa, shit. I haven't done the counting. Um, 19, one, you started. Two. No, I, didn't, I, I started no, the you, show in 19, but we didn't do... I feel like... It might act. It might actually be the fourth, because I feel like it was not 2020 that we actually branded Pulpit Fest. 21 was the first year we branded Pulpit Fest. So 21, oh, so 22, fourth, okay. 20. So this is the third or fourth annual. Yes, this will be the fourth okay. annual. So, Did you so Bjork? I'm sorry. You bang Bjork? Bjork? Yeah. Is that a chick? There, I feel like that's Bjork? a chick. There's Bjorn, there's Bjork, and then there's Bjorn Bork. I'm definitely not banging Bjorn Bork. No, no, but Bjork, you should think about it. Okay, okay. She had a great voice back in the day. Oh, yeah. I mean... She had a great voice back in the day. I like the Swedish chef. I'm not going to bang the Swedish chef. (laughs) But, you know... gross, because that's like using your sock, dude. He would, he would sit in the same <laughs> way. Uh, yeah, so no. I, uh, what dude, a way to finish a show. I'm telling you, people are looking forward to coming down to your shop. I've, I've, I've heard Pulpit from a, I, I have heard from another people, a number of people. People are, there, there are some listeners, uh, I'm not going to name them because, you know, whatever. Um, but uh, I've heard from a couple of them that, uh, you know, they're, they're even like planning family trips. Like they'll bring the family down to Florida and like do some stuff with the family, but then they'll bug over and do the pulpit fest stuff and whatnot. So like, people are like using this as uh, all sorts of different opportunities for for trips and everything. So I think we'll get the, the Canadian boys down there. You know, we need to work on Luke. We need to work on Luke and Joe. We need to get them down there because uh, Luke, Joe, you got to do it, man. I'm telling you, support. Telling you, they, they. I think you'll have a good time. Um, Bear Eddie will probably uh, be doing a delivery down there, so it'll work out great. You know, Teddy is actually. He did. I, I in Tuesday's episode, I said that I wasn't sure if he was going to make it because you know he's one that drives to St. Louis, and he 
reached out like after that episode dropped. He's like, I'm there. I'm doing it, dude. He's, he's in Tennessee, right? Uh, M- Memphis. Yeah. Memphis, yeah, 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 right? yeah. Yep. So, and he's actually one of the ones that's talking about making it like a family trip. So, so yeah. It's like a 13 hour drive, I think, from Memphis. He'll make it. It'll be fine. It'll be just uh, fine. You heard from Xenu. I've not heard from Xenu, uh, which, you know, that's probably a good thing. I mean, you know. He's going to get you at some point. Oh, I'm sure he is. I'm sure he is. But, no, I have not heard. an alien brothel outside of Vegas. I have have not heard from Xenu in quite a while, actually. You went up to that alien brothel, according to the parishioners group. I did not go to the alien brothel. That's not what I read on uh, the parishioners uh, group. Uh, yeah, they they came up with a lot of very interesting ideas as to what happened out in Vegas. I'm pretty. Uh, I believe the people. You, you, you I were kind to. of. You were kind of every night. You were kind of lost. We never saw you at night, so um, I don't know how that works. Yeah, and we're well. good friends. So if you're cutting me out, I know it's got to be the program <laughs> that probably. Yeah, no, no, no alien brothel for me. I uh, I kept myself uh, uh, rectum probe free uh, that trip out in Vegas. So it didn't have to be the rectum. I mean, that's where the aliens typically probe, isn't it? Well, it depends on the size of your urethra. Oh, okay, okay. Well, Trey's just speaking from experience. So <laughs> I've, dated, I've dated a lot of nurses. Oh my god! Uh, it's like a tuna can. It's what we talked about in the beginning. Circling, big cir- circling, big. circling back. So, um, no, I'm looking forward to Pulpit <laughs> Fest. It's going to be a good time. In fact, uh, Ken, actually, when I get off, when we get off the Zoom, uh, I, I've already looked at flights, so I need to confer with you just a little bit uh, before we get off the Zoom and all that. So, because uh, there's a deal running, and I want to take advantage of said deal. So, perfect. Um, Anyway, well, socials. I'm available on Instagram at the Cigar Pulpit. We have the uh, aforementioned uh, Facebook group, the Pulpit Parishioners group. Get in on the uh, fun there on Facebook. We are on Twitter slash X, and we are on YouTube where you can watch this, and you can find out how to pick up women in Honduras in the video-only portion of this episode. Where's everybody else available? Whoever wants to go first. Hey, Max. No, go ahead. Go, Ash and Ale, go ahead. We're at Ash and Ale on Facebook and also known as the former Humidor. So you're going to get a little confused there because I took over and changed names. And then we're on Instagram and God knows, I don't remember what, the, I think that's Ash and Ale Lounge or Ash and Ale Palm Coast. We have two of them. So, and then that's, that's it for me. I'm yeah, I'm, that's it. Okay. Uh, Tramac travels on Instagram and, uh, Facebook, uh, Trey Mac Shipley is my full name. Reach me up, uh, but Instagram is usually an easier way to go because I'm not really old enough for Facebook so much. So there you go. I'm not <laughs> young enough for Instagram either. Hey, I mean, how about your cigar company? So uh, <laughs> honestly, the best way to do that there's uh, there's two ways. Again, you do have the Facebook. It's JRE Tobacco is the easiest way there. Um, Aladino Cigars on Instagram. You can also do Jerry Tobacco on Instagram too. It's there's two different ones, but uh, Vivi is running both, so you'll be talking to Vivi. There you go. Okay, but very very good. She's worth talking to. She's a very very smart young lady. She's the best for sure. Very 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 nice young lady. Well, guys, I really enjoyed uh, hearing about the trip. This was fun. 
And uh, are your I, listeners going to want to listen for two and a half hours, though? You know what? I bet they will. I bet they will. So actually, almost two hours and forty-five minutes. They'll live vicariously through you guys. It'll be fun. So, um, guys, thank you for the time. Sorry we went so long-winded. Ah, whatever. No, I'm not. I was saying, no, you're not. It's fine. No, I didn't, not. Say, I, I didn't say anything sexist on this show. You said titties like four times. What are you talking about? It's the least sexist I've ever been on this. This is probably the least. Sexist. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Well, guys, you this molested is... a, a person in Honduras. This so could have been R. Could have been. It's true. Could have been. Well, guys, this has been another sermon from the cigar pulpit. I'm Nick. <laughs> I'm Ken. Uh, Trey Mac. Everybody, stay safe and stay smoky. Good night for four primings. Good YouTube, right? I'm sorry, what? Ma- male nipples are cool on YouTube, right? Female yeah, nipples are come out. Female nipples can be cool on YouTube too. Oh, oh! But you're not allowed to show them on Facebook. Oh, you are so wrong. There are some very interesting videos that are out there and available on YouTube that you can watch. Yeah, and I don't I know how just, to use YouTube. Well like enough, said, and I'll just leave least, it at that. Least sexist show I've done. Good night, guys. <laughs>